There's a guy with a hookah. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, September 18th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 340. This is No Agenda. Reading the bill that must be passed here in the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining and everybody's happy, I'm John C. Dwight. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, everybody's happy up there in the north always. It's the always uh, guy was surprising. Uh, distorted. No, nah, maybe just uh, on your end. Well, maybe he's distorted. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's not easy. It's a Mickey Mouse setup. It's not like a professional. No, it's not professional deal. Ridiculous! It's ridiculously overkill. You got tons of gear there. Yeah, that's why. Most studios would love to have some of the, half the stuff you got, including that's, that collector's item. That's why, yeah, the, the TLA 5052. Yeah, that's why it's all distorted. It's because I got too much gear, mm. I guess. No, I don't know. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air. Yeah, and ankles in the straps. And, of course, all of our human resources uh, charged up, ready to go there in the chat room. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, you know that uh, your value, according to the U.S. government, is diminishing. And, of course, it's uh, accelerating with the uh, drop of the value of the dollar. So, whereas uh, you used to be uh, $9.2 million when you're born, and I think it's probably more like eight now. Well, it depends on when you were born. <laughs> Some of us have no value at all. Present company uh, excluded, of course. <laughs> I think the dollar's up. Uh, against the euro, it is, yeah. A little no, That's actually no, no. The, no, the euro went back up a bit. I've, I've been watching it. It went from uh, no, it's yeah, down. no, it went from one forty-five to one thirty-five in like forty-eight hours last week, and now it's I think it's back up to like one thirty-seven and, and a bit, something like that. Yeah, well, that's better than one forty-two, which has been sitting at forever. Yeah. Crude oil's down. Yeah. Oh well, damn. Sell the futures, whatever, or buy them. I don't know. I don't invest. Buy the sells. <laughs> I don't invest. Hey, good to have you back, John. I, I presume your uh, your trip was was fine uh, there to Brasilia. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a good uh, short trip, of course. But I've been to Brazil before. It's not like I've never seen the place. Uh, and um, <laughs> you, you say that so so. It's not like I've never seen the place. Like, yeah, I've been all over this globe. <laughs> I have. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And. Um, you know, it was it was what it was. It was. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you this: a little. They seem to have a booming economy going on, and uh, when you start asking around about it, everybody just busy. They're so that the traffic is ludicrous. And well, um, if traffic were a measure, then California would be awesome. Well, I know, but we've been that way for a long time. They, the other, well, actually, Thailand is bad. Uh, Taiwan is ridiculous. The, the, all around the world, traffic is a, is something that no one wants to deal with. In Gitmo Nation lowlands, every single... You know, they have traffic reports, which only reports the length of the backups. There's no alternative routes or anything. It's just... And, and it's it's always hundreds of kilometers. Every single morning, every single afternoon. Nothing ever changes. On the... Uh, trip out of town, there I have a photo. I'm going to try to... If I see how it came out. There's a... Uh, I think you would have to look at all the lanes and count them up, and it would be a 30-lane freeway. Cool. <laughs> 15 going each way. <laughs> no, you're uh, kidding me, right? No. 15 lanes each side? Yeah. Can you imagine I got to get to the exit? 
<laughs> you better plan in advance. You actually have to <laughs> you have to do a spreadsheet to get off the thing. Uh, wow. So you just kind of t- like like Japanese subways, you just take what you eh, I'll take this exit. I can get to this one. And so um dead stopped. <laughs> hey, I um 30 lanes of traffic going both ways, not no movement. Wow. But you made your flight obviously. Yeah, I t- had to, you leave uh, three hours in advance for the airport. It takes you about an hour and a half. And, you know, then you get on, you're, you're fine. And, of course, the airport's there. They don't have the scanners. And, by the way, they don't have them in New York either. Uh, what, the naked have, body scanner? They didn't have a naked body scanner in New York. I went through New York on the way back, and I had to get off the plane and go through the system again. There's no naked body scanner. Wait a scanner. minute. So, so you could have had all kinds of explosives in your, in your underpants, landed in New York, uh, just like uh, the guy who came in from Amsterdam. He was going to land in Detroit. You could have landed in New York, and, uh, and and then you could have gotten on a flight to San Francisco and, and, and burned your crotch without a problem. You know, the interesting thing, even if they had the scanners, is they can still stick the stuff uh, up uh, the various body cavities. Yeah. and um, Where the sun don't shine. You could Actually, you could swallow a bomb that was remote controlled and just it's just dial yourself on a cell phone and blow yourself up. I mean, this is, this is false security. It doesn't work. Well, you know, the, in the, Brazil, yeah. and this has been going on way before 9-11, you go to the, it, they have the Israeli form of... Uh, oh, they question you. Yeah, the guy, some guy right. questions you, he asks you stupid questions. Well, really? What were you here for? What? Really? What was that all about? <laughs> so, what it was, so what is your speech about? That's <laughs> a speech about future trends. Oh, I got no. to speech, Oh, though. no. You didn't do that one, did you? It's a classic. Do you have a PowerPoint that goes with that, or you just... Yeah, I'll tell you, look, if you do speaking in today's world, especially to business conferences, and you don't do PowerPoint, you're, you're making a huge mistake. Right, right. I spent years experimenting with showing movies, doing stand-up speeches with no PowerPoint. It doesn't and everything work anymore. In between. No. You have to have PowerPoint, because people are either going to fall asleep, or they sometimes they just zone out on the PowerPoint. It's good. You can keep your notes up there. You don't have to keep referring to anything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, and do you have like uh, do you have your email address at the top there? Hi, I'm John C. Dvorak. You can reach me at uh, dvorak dot org slash na. That'd be funny to slip that in. So while yeah. the TSA was not checking your underwear, uh, they were pretty busy uh, back here in uh, in Gitmo Nation West. Was the one who really unraveled this entire unbelievable scheme. Law enforcement officials and the TSA actually helping drug traffickers get through airports in three separate states. Detectives with the DEA and the U.S. Attorney's Office made that announcement during a news conference today in Stanford. We know that three TSA agents and two cops are among 20 people who were arrested in this conspiracy to traffic massive amounts of oxycodone from Florida all the way up the East Coast for distribution in Connecticut and in New York. Authorities say during that scheme, TSA agents would get the drugs through security checkpoints in exchange for money or gift cards. I love that part. These guys are so stupid. Then not only are they trafficking drugs, but they're accepting gift cards as payment. Gift card. How does that work? Ooh, best Buy card. <laughs> oh yeah, walk on I through. Need a new stereo. <laughs> walk on through. Oh, Walgreens flu shot card. Thanks. Awesome. Go ahead. You're cleared. Go on through. You're good to go. That's that's our TSA. Funny how that's only on local news. I never. I, we didn't hear it. 
No, of course not. You know, we had a why lot. Would they, why would they suppress such a news story so it's only on local news? I'm surprised it even showed up on local news. Well, you have to be uh, afraid. And, uh, and the TSA is there to protect your security. Squirrel. We had a lot of fun yesterday. I don't know when you came back, but uh, I sent out a rare bat signal before uh, a day before the show. And I needed some uh, producers to help me uh, with a, a mission. And we had a little bit of fun with, um, what's that guy name from, from uh, NPR, Randy Carvin? Andy Carvin? You know that guy? The techno- yeah, this is your favorite. This is your pal. Yeah, my techno expert pal. So this is the guy who uh, who tweets revolutions and he retweets anything that, anyone's, anything that has a hashtag that says, I'm a good guy. And uh, he's the, the senior social media strategist for NPR. Our national treasure. So yeah, yes, he works for the. And he works for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah. He's a techno expert, as she calls him, or tech savvy expert. I think she's changed it now. So yesterday was the start of uh, Occupy Wall Street, uh, which is which was announced in uh, like mid July, and it's actually it's a worldwide movement. If you go to occupywallstreet.org, uh, you'll see that on September seventeenth, around uh, the globe, people were going to financial centers and uh, protesting protesting the fact that uh, they're douchebags and have all the money, and uh, we don't. It's a pretty good protest. And, of course, this has no, no leader uh, to speak of. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's an actual kind of real grassroots people are angry kind of thing. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. What, that they're angry? <laughs> people no, are- I don't find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that there's not somebody coordinating this for some other no, reason no i've i've really scoured it and there is there was no coordination otherwise it would have been done better and it certainly is not coordinated from uh, the state department's techno experts because uh, there was uh it was kind of fun you know they had live streams and uh, the hashtag was uh you know every probably every 10 seconds there would be a uh, hundred tweets coming in so i'm following this and uh you know and you know me i've got all my tvs on i'm like uh, you know i'm sure cnn will show something and there was a couple thousand people down there on Wall Street. The cops had the bull cordon off. That was kind of funny. It's like they were protecting the bull on uh, on Wall Street. That was their main job. Is to make well, sure. you know, if you had a shot at that bull and under some circumstance and you had a couple of cans of spray paint, you could have a lot of fun. Of course. But that seems to be like the symbol. Um, Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> that bull. Yeah. Mayor Blue. By the way, why don't you explain? There's some listeners that probably don't know what you're saying. You should just well, explain down, what down, that bull yeah, was. down by Wall Street, there is a bull which uh, signifies uh, the bull market. I presume I wouldn't know any other reason why. I think it's down by the Morgan Stanley uh, Plaza or whatever it is. And yeah, it's, it's a very nice. It's a big giant uh, carving, not a carving, but a, a casting, huge. And uh, of a bull looks like it's going to kill someone. Yeah, like a, like he's ready to charge. And if you look at him from behind, he's they it's he's anatomically correct. And my goodness, that guy has some balls on him. That big bull. And uh, and Bloomberg, you know, said, uh, well, this is not a, a legal demonstration. Uh, we because people are coming anyway. We've set up uh, free speech zones, <laughs> which I think we're in the Hudson River. Of course, everyone ignored that. So, you know, it, it's a demonstration. And people are out there, and they're holding up signs, and they're walking around, and uh, they're making noise. And there's no coverage. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. There's no coverage. No, quite the opposite. I on love s- the, the media. is just, uh, no, just, it, it, it got just better. Lawless. It got better. On you both, should go look at that bull, boys. Yeah, on CNN and Fox both, they had uh, the... Uh, 
some guy talking about the Reno air race crash. It was like, oh, we have to cut live to this. I mean, there's thousands of people protesting bankers on Wall Street, and it's happening globally. So I'm watching this, and I'm watching this, and you know, and people are, like, and of course the the hashtag isn't really trending on Twitter. You know, all this typical stuff that that you would expect. And uh, I'm watching. I'm like, you know, this is it's interesting because this is uh, it's a protest. It's against uh, the. It's not v- much different, probably, than what happened in Israel recently. Uh, people, you know, they're sick and tired of it. They can't afford it. The bankers get get bailed out. And so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm cruising around. And there's no blog post from, nothing. Complete silence from the media. Now, and this has been well known and announced in advance in July. So you'd think that CNN or maybe even New York One would send a crew down just to have a look and do a report. I mean, it's a slow news day, except for the, you know, the constant uh, replay of this airplane crashing, which is like... Unbelievable. Yeah, we had to talk about that. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm like, nothing to see here. So I'm like, so I send a tweet to Randy Carvin. <laughs> His name is Andy, but I figure it'll piss him off if I keep calling him Randy. So I send a, a tweet to Randy and I say, uh, hey, Randy, how come you're not uh, retweeting any of this? And by the way, he was tweeting about the Reno air crash and tweeting about uh, University of Florida football. I'm like, hey, you know, there's something going on here. Don't you cover that? <laughs> and he goes like, no, it's not interesting. It's not big enough. I only cover Middle East. I'm like, oh, this is new. I didn't know he only covered the Middle East. I didn't know that either. Well, apparently he's now only with the Middle East desk. So so he has nothing to do because that's all done, right? We've taken over. There's nothing left to tweet. So he's just sitting at home tweeting about the Reno air crash. And then I'm like, well, that makes no sense. You know, uh, this is people. It's a demonstration. There's a protest going on. This is what you're good at. Reporting on this, retweeting, uh, curating. And he's like, no, you know, and, and literally like, uh, look at the Middle East. Now look at Wall Street. Look at the difference in size. Discuss. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, the tweet stream is absolutely hilarious. In fact, maybe I should. Uh, let me see. I have it here. I can read some of them. So I'm like, all right, this is kind of weird. And it goes back and forth. And, and he's like, uh, you know, and so, of course, I hashtag him with like techno expert. <laughs> And then he's like, I find it hilarious and ironic that Adam Curry is calling me out on this. You know, like a link to my he wiki. Got into a beef with the guy? Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, you know, watch this douche. So I send out the bat signal. And I'm like, hey, everyone get on Carvin about this. Because, you know, this is ridiculous. And, um, <laughs> and everyone just starts just ragging on him. And, of course, he has his little army of people, like, you know. And he actually says, don't try and pressure a journalist. That's a sure way to get him not to not to look at anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy, is he, he's an idiot. A total idiot. No, he's a douchebag. Yeah, well, besides. Play it. Yeah, absolutely. Douchebag. Uh, here, uh. I don't cover U.S. economy and related matters. I'm just reading some of his tweets here. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else does he have? Um, someone tweeted the best one. It's not a revolution until uh, Andy Carvin uh, retweets it. So I thought it was kind of funny. So it just kept on going. And this probably went on for... I don't know, maybe two hours or so. 
And it, it really heated up. It was uh, it was interesting. But he didn't. He did not tweet about it. Of course not. But then I also... He did his, his marching orders. Yeah. He only tweets about what he's told to tweet exactly. about. You can't pressure him. So, so you that, can't pressure a journalist when he's already got marching orders. <laughs> and then I, I tweet him like uh, the, the NPR sponsor list. And I said, hey, that's funny. Citibank. Uh, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, all sponsoring NPR. I wonder why you're not covering this. <laughs> a good one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a PDF. It's from 2008, but, you know, because, of course, they haven't released any current numbers. God of course for- not. God forbid they do that. And then I say, hey, uh, how about the 400,000 people who were uh, protesting in Israel? And I went back. He hasn't tweeted about that once. Because that you're right. It's and and last time I checked, I think Israel is in the Middle East, isn't it? Isn't it kind of like in that in that region? I believe it to be there. Yes, I think so. And uh, it's just unbelievable that this guy has the and and you, if you Google around and you look at the YouTube video, you know, the interviews, he's all coy, like I'm Randy Carvin, and I'm sitting here and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I brought the NPR into the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, we got it all set up. And I said, well, dude, if you're all set up, then if you look at his Google Plus, it says, I tweet revolutions. That's his uh, his tagline. Oh, brother. <laughs> so anyway, it was a it was it was a a fun way to pass a couple hours <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. But this guy, he really bit into it. And I want to thank all the producers who got on board with that, because it is, you know, it is, of course, sad at the end of the day where you have actual people with an actual beef protesting and there's no coverage not even from the guy who's supposed to be on our side this is marching orders yeah i mean i don't even know why we we i mean why would you just accept the fact that these guys are told what to do they can't think for themselves there's no i mean what's the point of having a middle eastern beat this is not what twitter's for yeah, it's ridiculous, and I bet you if somebody did some research, I'd find he tweeted about a lot of things other than the Middle East. Oh, no, this, that's what people were doing. They're pulling it apart. You know, like, hey, dude, you tweeted this. You tweeted that. He was tweeting about Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because his orders were to blast that Republican. Exactly. He's, a, he's obviously part of the Democrat machine. Yes, well, we know that. We know that from his wiki page. But uh, anyway, so it was kind of like a, a last ditch effort to see if this guy maybe, maybe, maybe. No, you were yeah. living in a dream world. Well, no. To, I ha- to even think that. I, think I, I had nothing better to do. Come on. You should have just from the beginning <laughs> knew this was guy's a, a ridiculous douchebag. Douchebag, yeah. Hey, John, I, um, I have to say the president uh, came out. Uh, he came me, out? Let me rephrase that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that would be funny, wouldn't it? No, well, yeah, I wouldn't surprise anybody. His uh, weekly address. Uh, let me play you a 15-second clip. On Monday, I'll lay out my plan for how we'll do that, how we'll pay for this plan and pay down our debt by following some basic principles, Ooh. making sure we live within our means. That's, John, oh. it's the American dream. Live within your means. we got to make sure we live within our means and... And asking everyone to pay their fair share. Nah, pay your fair, fair share. share. Fair like share. Fair share. But right You're now... Gonna, what? Nothing. Go on. Finish this. Got to get Congress to pass this jobs bill. Pass this jobs bill. All right. So, uh, guess what I did over the weekend? You paid your fair share. (laughs) No, no. Uh, That I will do when Mimi gives me all the details of what fair share I have to pay. We have to coordinate that this year. Mm. Um, No, I read the American Jobs Act, so you don't have to. 
And uh, you were right. It's 199 pages, this American Jobs Act. And I've taken the liberty of uh, highlighting a, uh, a couple of uh, pieces of it. And oh, there's a lot of gems in there. Have you read it? No. Okay. So don't worry. You don't, you, I read it so you don't have to. I'm glad. And, and let, me, let me say this right off the bat. I agree with the president. I think we should pass this bill as quickly as possible. It is absolutely essential that we pass this bill. Because it will be a bonanza. It will be so awesome. And it will accelerate the demise that much quicker. So the, 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 if we can pass this whole thing, awesome. Let me tell you what's in here for jobs. First of all, there's a billion dollars in here for uh, air traffic control advancements. And if you read down a little bit further, you'll see there's $27 billion dollars which uh, a large portion is uh, uh, is going to be appropriated towards the next-gen air traffic control system. Now, we've discussed this, this next-generation air traffic control system advancement, as he calls it here, and that is so that we can have the drones flying around without crashing into other aircraft. Right, that we keep, so, forget- I, yep, so I let's, keep forgetting that. that- so let's mark that one off. I'm happy with that. We need yeah. the drones. So let's get our drones in. Then we have... Um, Capital assistance for high-speed rail corridors, uh, which uh, starts off with uh, $4 billion here for the first year. Very good. I think we need that. That's been proven. Just look at China. And that's, by the way, that is to benefit uh, Warren Buffett, who's yep. on board with all this on stuff. On board. On board. So that's uh, $4 billion that uh, just look at China. It's really great. Working well. So I'm all for that. Yeah, between crashes, between, <laughs> between and and slowdowns, slowdowns and, and stoppages. It's the mid-speed rail in China now. Uh, then, of course, we have to uh, put another two billion into uh, the National Railroad uh, Passenger Corporation. That's so that uh, Joe Biden can get uh, from Pennsylvania to Washington quicker. So uh, I'm happy with that. That's very good. We'll put that one in. And then we have uh, a name, a new name, AIFA. And uh, I hadn't heard this term before. It stands for the American Infrastructure Financing Authority, which is the iBank, the investment bank. Remember the infrastructure bank that he was uh, that he was talking about? Everyone was saying we need an uh, infrastructure bank. This is it. And uh, some very interesting things. So the way the in- infrastructure bank works is uh, there's a whole bunch of projects that you can bid on. And you will get a loan in uh, in all cases, a minimum of 50%, uh, which will um, cost no less than the yield on a treasury bond. So interest is like nothing, which is great. And um, I'll read you a couple of highlights. So the uh, any investment that the infrastructure bank makes must have a investment grade rating. Now, you do a show with uh, Andrew Horowitz. Uh, you know about this stuff. What is an investment-grade rating? What uh, We know that America had a triple-A uh, and was recently downgraded to double-A by Standards & Poor's. What is investment-grade? What, well, you what know, there's actually, it does, it's kind of a meaningless term because it depends. This is for, for big funds and union funds and these giant... Uh, agglomerations of retirement funds that people put together and they'll have a minimum standard they they would like they will not invest into into uh right. bonds or some so, securities so, they don't have like double it, you typically it's double a plus oh no 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 
The Obama standard for for something that our taxpayer money will go into is BBB minus. Oh, that that is uh, investment grade according to the Obama administration. BBB minus. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. Um, and I wonder the, why that would be that that because there's so many good investments above that rating that it is baffling why you'd have that. Well, that's just Even on the list. That's so any shithead can come in and do anything they want with any, with a, a flaky project. That's what it sounds like. Now, uh, here's how it works. Uh, so you get your money, and, oh, I, and by the way, I'll bring that up with Horowitz. Yeah, on the please next do. Show. Please do. It's uh, I, it, and I've highlighted the PDF so you can download it from three four zero dot nashownotes.com in the assets uh, section. You'll find it there. It'll say American Jobs Act PDF. Um, so here's how it works. You get uh, uh, money from the government. Uh, at least 50%. In some cases, they will finance everything. We'll get to that later. Uh, you have 35 years to pay it back. <laughs> 35 years. I'll just repeat that. 35 years. Uh, and by the way, if you don't use all the money, you can use what's left over to start paying it down. So you can basically stretch this out 40 years if you want, maybe even longer. Uh, but then the federal credit instrument shall be repayable in whole or in part from tolls, user fees, or other dedicated revenue sources that also secure the infrastructure project obligations. So in other words, we're going to pay, we're going to lend these people who have BBB minus investment opportunities, we're going to pay, our money is going to them, uh, they may or may not have to put up the other half of the money, but of course, if the government's financing, you can get the, the bank to finance the other part, so you don't have to actually have anything. And then uh, when it's built... You're going to be paying for it with tolls and user fees. How great is how great is that form of taxation? Do you think? So here it is: maturity date, uh, thirty-five years after date of substantial completion of the infrastructure project. So not even thirty-five years after the money. It's like after it's completed and it's really signed off, and the ribbon has been cut. That's when you have to start paying it back. Uh, and then oh, oh, so you're telling me that if you do pull a a, a China, China, a scam where you just start a project but you never quite finish it, mm-hmm. you could do you could just stretch it out forever. Yeah, Ooh, we've got one more brick to lay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that Twitch studio; it'll never be finished, so you don't have to you don't have to pay anything back. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, then we have another section, section two sixty one, project rebuild. Now this one. Um, I found very interesting, uh, where $15 billion, uh, will be made available per year, uh, of this, and it's like a five-year act, um, to purchase homes that have been foreclosed. So, um, purchase and rehabilitate properties that have been abandoned or foreclosed upon in order to sell, rent, or redevelop such properties. And this is a 100% uh, coverage. So you don't have to put up any money. The government will basically give anyone who, who asks for it, and you, and you have a, at least a BBB minus uh, credibility, they'll give you the money to buy a home and then uh, rent it out. What? So you can so you get this money to I'll read it verbatim purchase and rehabilitate properties that have been abandoned or foreclosed upon in order to sell rent or redevelop such properties 
so I guess I can just say, look, here's a whole neighborhood that's closed down. Everyone's either abandoned it or it's been foreclosed on. I can get a loan from the government to go and buy all of that and then rent it out at, at, at almost any rate. I'll make money. Because you know, I don't have to. I don't have to start paying anything back until you know the project's complete. So I'll just you know keep one road under right. construction. So if you have the twenty buildings, you start fixing them up, and you have the 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 twentieth building. You never quite finish it, and you keep working on because you're going to really make it fancy. Yeah. And so the project, as a, the whole project, which would include fixing all twenty buildings, cost me nothing. Cost me nothing to do forever because you can always just stall on the last building. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. Let's get in on this. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. We definitely got to get in on this. Um, and here it is. No match. No matching fund shall be required in order for an eligible entity to receive any amounts under this section. So, John, we can as long as we can write the proposal, we don't need any money, which is good because we don't have any money. Um, then there's the whole uh, broadband uh, emergency broadband infrastructure project. This is so that uh, there's going to be a great broadband network only, and I guess what? It's not for you and me, this wireless broadband network. It's for Lucy Napolitano and for FEMA and stuff. But there's a little clause in here, which is nice. So the corporation shall negotiate and enter into, as it terms appropriate, roaming agreements with commercial network providers to allow the nationwide public safety interoperable broadband users to roam onto commercial networks and gain prioritization of public safety communications over such networks in times of an emergency. So a couple things going on here. One, of course, they're not going to build anything because it's just going to be doing network agreements because there's coverage. So the uh, and, and by the way, who's going to get in on these deals? AT&T, Verizon, it's going to be the same guys. And they'll, so they get to charge. They get the money for free to build something out. Then they get to charge extra. If the uh, if the emergency services have to roam onto their networks, let's face it, they'll be roaming all the time. Yep. And if there's some kind of emergency, there goes your your Skype connection because the uh, they will have prioritization over uh, the network well, in time of an emergency. You have to stop here. Mm-hmm. What has this got to do with jobs? <laughs> Well, it'll take people to, it'll take lawyers to put these agreements together and, you know, there's lots oh, of... It's oh, it's a full employment act for lawyers. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So here it says public safety entity equipment is technically compatible. It's also for the, this is for the Silicon Valley. It's for the uh, Cisco's. So they they got to make new, because they're auctioning off the uh, spectrum. So they got to make new boxes. And the commercial network will be reasonably compensated. It's uh, fantastic. Oh, and it says here... Uh, such access does not preempt or otherwise terminate or degrade all existing voice conversations or data sessions. Right. Then we have the bridge. Read, 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 what was that again? Um, Would, commis- does, this, does this say Skype will still work? Because think about that. Let me just read it to make sure. Commission may adopt may adopt rules if necessary in the public interest to improve the ability of public safety users to roam on the commercial networks to gain priority access to commercial networks in an emergency if. In an emergency if. So they can roam it. Okay, such access does not preempt or otherwise terminate or degrade all existing voice conversations or data sessions. That's pretty shaky language. Yeah, it means it won't terminate all, all of them. So no. it can terminate 99% of yeah, them. Some of them. Some of them, exactly. But here's the one that I thought we could get in on. The Bridge to Work program. 
Now, this is very interesting. Um, uh, part of this is the Pathways Back to Work as a part of the, and, and this, this subtitle may be cited as the Pathways Back to Work Act of 2011. Um, essentially, the government will pay uh, v- people to work at your company as like a paid volunteer. Yeah, no, I heard about this. This has been discussed. That's one of the things I do know about. And it seems as though you can you hire some. Yeah, you actually get an intern. No, no, uh, no, no. Up to thirty-eight hours a week. Well, more than an intern. That's more you than have an, an intern. intern plus. Yeah, and they will get paid minimum wage. Minimum wage in states that adopt this program, which let's face it, everyone will adopt it. That's why oh, I think yeah, it's California great. California for sure. Yeah. So I can hire like five people. I don't have to pay them anything. And uh, and the, the state of California will pay the minimum wage to um, learn. From the, you, from the... From the, from the pod father. The on high, from the pod father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only problem, you know, there is a downside to having yeah, to fight people. Yeah, why? You have to manage them. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. It's, 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 all, it's all just dreams, John. It's, it's not actually something I want to do. Uh, but here it is. The wages payable to individuals described in paragraph one should be paid from the emergency unemployment compensation account for such individuals as described. And the, I did all this work. You know, you go back and forth, section 402, blah, blah, blah. But it will be a minimum wage. Um, and there's two levels. You have the uh, level for 25 hours a week. That will be part-time. And 38 hours a week. And uh, that will be for a max of eight weeks per person. I think that's a pretty good deal. Bridge you know, to work. You, you, you can only ha- hire them for eight weeks. Each person, so you can get another douche, uh, out, you know, a slave. It's another slave. After, <laughs> after eight weeks. Another now. Now the real slave slave wanted. The, the, <laughs> no, you're not allowed to advertise that. That that what? yeah, you're not allowed to advertise. Are you unemployed? Have we got a gig for you? You so, can't. No, no. Well, how no. do you get these people? Well, so this is what does somebody just knock on the door by coincidence and say, "No, no, no, no." no. You're allowed. Work? No, you're allowed to advertise, but if sh- someone shows up, and they can actually sue you if you discriminate. That's another part of the bill. If you discriminate because someone has b- been unemployed, so here's how it goes. Uh, uh, it's very simple. Um, because I've I've been through these tests. Right now, you can't discriminate against uh, handicapped people, as an example. And if I have an interview with someone and I say. So um, that wheelchair is that uh, does that suck going up and down uh, the elevator or stairs? If I don't hire that person, they have a very very good case against me to sue me for discrimination because I asked the question. I cannot ask in a job interview how old are you. If I ask someone how old they are, and uh, you say, "Well, I'm 58." And I say, oh, that's great. Yeah, cool. And I don't hire you. You can say, hey, he asked me how old I was. And I saw, and the room, it went, it went cold. And, and, and the guy's clearly discriminating against me because I'm old. Yeah. So you cannot. I took these, I took these things too. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're really, especially in California, they're onerous. Yeah. You basically can't do anything. You no. just have to kind of figure it out, mm-hmm. everything out for yourself. Yeah. So, um, you cannot advertise and say, are, do you, are you out of work? Uh, come work for me. You'll learn uh, video production. I can't say that. Um, but that's just a caveat because, of course, anyone who responds is going to be out of work no matter what in California. But then we have the summer employment and year-round employment opportunities for low-income youth. And this, these are the real slaves because, of course, youths uh, get uh, minimum wage. And the government will also pay for them. 
uh, to come and work for free at your company, which is, is just awesome. Uh, then we have, let me just see a couple other things here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Employment agency. Yeah, as, as an employment agency, it shall be unlawful employment practice for an employment agency to publish in print or on the internet or in any other medium, an advertisement or announcement for any vacancy in a job as an employee that includes provision stating or indicating that an individual status as unemployed disqualifies, blah, 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 blah. So you, essentially you can't say, you know, are you unemployed? Uh, so that's the stuff that no one is talking about at all. So essentially rolled into this is the high-speed rail project, <clears throat> the infrastructure bank, and slaves for free, So, and, which I think is great. We should pass this bill. Of, I don't even care. I don't even want to read the next part about how it's going to get paid for. I think we should just go ahead and pass it. It'll be awesome. Free labor, free slave labor, uh, high-speed trains, uh, drones in the air, and um, all kinds of... Oh, and free homes. You and I can buy up a whole bunch of free homes. Hey, I'm all for that one. <laughs> so that's it. You don't have to read it. You're done. If you want to, there is a copy with my highlights uh, in the show notes at 340.nashownotes.com. And uh, I would uh, please ask you, if you love Barack Obama, go out and tell your congressman to go pass this bill. It's good stuff. It'll be and great in the for process, <laughs> I get the biggest kick out of this uh, because Buffett, again, shows up with his, uh, I think everyone should get more taxes, King. Give me that high-speed rail deal. And so now Obama apparently says, uh, I didn't hear this, but he calls the proposal about taxing the rich, which is, ta- you know, over-taxing, over-taxing more anyone worth a million dollars or more, yeah. uh, which is part of this proposal you're talking about, calls it the Buffett rule. <laughs> so now it's associated with Buffett. So every one of his rich buddies is going to be giving him nothing but grief about this because because you can see this trend worldwide. It's starting in Italy, and, it's, and there's a thing called, in Europe, which is going to sneak over here, called the wealth tax. Yes, that's what it's this like, is. It's basically the is. same as an inventory tax that, that ruined a lot of book publishers because they used to keep a lot of stuff in inventory, but they got taxed. It was sitting in, just sitting in yeah. a warehouse, and every you know every once in a while, they get taxed for the what's sitting there doing nothing. Do you know what's happened in Gitmo Nation lowlands at the moment? If you have a, a second home, if, you're, if you live in the, the Gitmo Nation state of the lowlands, the Netherlands, and you have more than one house... So let's say you have a pied-à-terre in Amsterdam because the traffic is so horrible you have a little flat or whatever. Um, the government has now decided you cannot live there. You must leave, and they will rent it out to someone at a rate that they determine. What's the point of that? <laughs> it's, well, it's so the people, are, you know, we need slave uh, quarters. So if you have more than one home, your second home, I'm not quite what sure. What about these guys that have, like, that'll never happen here because we have congressmen that have got seven places. And that's what you think? Well, yeah, because they have it themselves, yeah, yeah. Well, it's about ownership. Uh, ownership is being uh, is being taxed. That's uh, that's the main problem. Yeah, this there. is similar to an inventory tax, but there's going to be, it's going to sneak in. It's going to be called, what it's called in Europe, the wealth tax. Mm-hmm. And only the most, you know, the richest people in the world, they can spend, they can give us some of their money. And it will be, you know, target, you know, people worth 10 and 20 and 30 million dollars. It's not going to target anybody in our league, but it's going to target these guys. 
mm-hmm. and they're going to say, "What do you work?" You know, they they bring the tax guys are going to come in, and there's going to be a big, you know, a lot of lawyers are going to make money on this deal, and then they're going to just get a bill for you know, like you know the, in two the, million dollars in Gitmo Nation East in the UK. They just hired an additional three thousand tax inspectors, and guess what their mission is? Not to inspect banks; <laughs> it's to inspect the slaves to come and see if you're on the up and up. If you, if you are paying your taxes. <laughs> anyway. Hey, John, happy National Farm Safety and Health Week to you. And happy Farm Safety and Health Week to you, too. Yes, and let's thank a couple of our uh, producers who have supported our work, which uh, consisted uh, a lot of uh, the past few days uh, in between shows of reading 199 pages of great policy. And uh, and listening to the air crash news and pestering Randy Corvin. <laughs> I'm just gonna. That's his new name. Randy. Well, we have a, one executive producer and two associates. Kind of a slow week. I have thoughts on that. Uh, Philip Fotenhauer. Fo- I think it may be Fotenhauer. 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 Couldn't tag it. Uh, Fotenhauer. He's from Tampa. Huh. Tampa, Florida. That's one of the greatest places in the world if you like strip clubs. Um, from the beautiful state of Bayern on assignment to Oktoberfest and get oh he's actually in Deutschland he's ah just to, that makes more sense hold on uh, so John was right about the TSA on the way over I'm here give me a little in the morning in I German. was selected for the Ray machine and of course I opted out when directed to proceed to the pat down area I instinctively began walking towards the magnetometer and boy did the agents go ape shit <laughs> God help us that the terrorists never realized the trick to sneaking metal objects into the plane. Please send me some karma as I have to... Yeah, it's just baffling to me why they do that. Let me send him some karma first and then we can discuss. You've got karma. Please send me some karma. I had to deal with the appliance repairman upon my return and I figured you could use the donation a hell of a lot more than he can. Oh, thank you. And you did uh, a 340 yeah, so for the 340 So I, I, I was leaving when I left to, to Brazil... So I go over there, and they got, they're pushing people through the x-ray machine. And every 10th person or so, they run through the magnetometer and not the x-ray machine. So I throw all my bags on there, and, and there's one guy's directing traffic. You go here, you go there. He, was like, had his, he had his back turned, so I went over to the magnetometer and walked right through. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he had his back had... turned? He was too busy counting his gift cards. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Whatever the case was, he didn't motion me into the machine, uh, which happened the last time when I went through Seattle. But so, he, so I just went right through the magnetometer, and it was fine. The guy was yeah, coming through, you know, with the hand gesture. Yeah, and I didn't beep or anything, and um, that was that. Anyway, they, and I, on the way back, you go through Brazil, they got none of these yeah. x-ray machines, and they didn't have any in New York, mm. and so it was like a, it was a walk in the park, but, and, you know, why, why shouldn't it be? Yeah. David C. Pugh, North Canton, Ohio, uh, $200, looking forward to the No Agenda Guantanamo Bay meetup. <laughs> It'll be the forced meetup, unfortunately. The forced meetup at Gitmo. <laughs> and we'll be drinking water that night. <laughs> uh, Sir, Sir no- Norman McDonough. Forced. Uh, Sir Norman McDonough is also in at $200, another associate executive producer in Kitchener, Ontario. This starts my second knighthood. My thanks to Eric DeShill, and he knows why. He, he's not talking. Please send some karma his way. Oh, okay, karma for the shill. You've got karma. That's interesting. Hmm. 
And that's it for our, our slightly slow week um, for the uh, You know what? I've, I, so you said you had thoughts on that, why it was slow. Um, yeah. I've decided uh, I'm, I'm just not going to care anymore. I'm just really happy that in these times of, uh, of distress that we're getting anything, really. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to be happy from now on. I'm happy. Yeah, the show, the show may go off the air, but but I'll be happy. We have uh, some people who have done some uh, some fun stuff for us. They've uh, done some PR, and a lot of that consists of uh, thinking up crazy domain names that we'll uh, forward to our show, which actually works quite well. I've started using a couple of them depending on the conversation because people, it's it's for some you know we don't have noagenda.com, which is like owned by some band or something that we can't get a hold of. Uh, we have no, no agenda show. Have to wait for the band to fold. No, I think the band is. I, this website hasn't been updated since 1994. Oh, so they probably but, have folded. Yeah, but when you say yeah, the show's no agenda, people are like so. How do I get noagenda.com? dot no agenda show dot com, and they can never remember it. Well, I always tell people I don't even do that. I always tell people just to Google no agenda because then I said we got that we own the first four pages of the search results, and I and if I can get them to do that. It's very, it's very impressive. If you, you know, you never heard of the show, and you type in "no agenda" into Google, and you get bang, 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 four pages and another eight pages of mixed results. Right. I mean, it's impressive. It is, but I also just like saying RickPerrySucks dot com, <laughs> AdiosMofos dot com, ShutUpSlaves dot com, depending on the company that I'm in. And now we can also say JCDLeaderOfTheResistance dot com, which is forwarding to the show site. <laughs> this is remember the computer spit that back is who you are. You're the leader of the resistance. Yeah. Uh, you could also try totalbullshit.org, which I think is also a, a nice one. Uh, I just have to remember the .org part. Um, hold on. I think I may have missed one here. Uh, a star in the north.com. That's what the other one was. Uh, massdebatedaily.com. Uh, here's the next one I kind of like. govsnub.com. It's kind of, uh, kind of cool. It's a short one. It's hard to get short domain names. Uh, in honor of Solindra, we have shovelreadygreenjobs.com. And uh, attackwatch1984.com, which I also thought was uh, actually quite nice. It's a good one. We are the Attackwatch 1984. We need some, I I want to suggest to our creative uh, listeners that we need some, uh, because I was in in the lounge and uh, at um, JFK Mm -hmm. waiting Mm -hmm. for my flight. Mm -hmm. And there was a bunch of people there yakking about... uh, Doing good work, and it's important Obama get reelected. There was just a bunch of Obama bots. <laughs> you were in the bot lounge, apparently. I was in the bot lounge. <laughs> what and, airline? And, what airline was this? And this was Delta. And one yeah, of these uh, off the list older women were was going on about how you know, but the classic you know hand wringing, fretting, guilt ridden Jewish type uh, <laughs> said something like, "Well, you know, people need to be, be more active. We need activists." We need to, people have to get in there because you have to put, you have to do something. You just can't sit around. In a lounge. You can't sit around in a lounge bitching about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I'd like to get something that has some sort of a sound to it. Like it's like some sort of an environmental green or even a, even a global warming kind of a sound that, that, that you could give to somebody like this. Oh yeah. You know, go to greenenergy.org or some something that has that ring to it so then they get sucked into the you no know, agenda thing because I th- still think a lot of people who are who are thinking who, whose thought process is skewed could be converted although in fact I still recommend that people only 
convert or, or turn people on who are already converted because it's like, uh, you know, making people change religion. It's not necessarily that easy. So we then uh, would need to start the show because we, if, if we have like... Um uh, go green for Obama.com just as an Perfect. idea, just as an idea, right? Go green for Obama. <laughs> then, uh, when we have to start the show off like this, it'd be like, hi everybody. We're here. We're here to save the world. One tree at a time. It's all green solar. Great wind power is going to do it for us. Hey, John C. Dvorak. How are you doing up there in environmentally friendly Berkeley? I'm breathing clean air, and I'm thinking green, Adam. <laughs> I'm pooping green down here, John. It's a beautiful. Yeah. And then we'd suck them in, and then we go straight into the into yeah, our rap. Deconstructing some stories. Yeah, we go straight into the rap. Well, thank you all very much for uh, for working on our PR efforts. Thank you uh, to our executive producer for today's program, Philip Fottenhauer, our associate executive producer, Sir David Pugh, and uh, I'm sorry, David. I think he's not a sir. No, yet. no, no. David yet. Pugh and our uh, we do have a Sir Norm McDonough, uh, McDonough, 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 McDonough. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate your support of the program. It's really great. I, I do have an, another idea for uh, to motivate people and to consider donating to the show, which I'll do at the very end of the program. Uh, it's a new experiment that I'm uh, working on, so you can look forward to that. These, by the way, these executive producer credits and associate executive producer credits are real credits. Uh, just like our knighthoods, it's a real knighthood. You get a knighthood ring when you've uh, supported the show at, uh, at or in excess of $1,000. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, white gold ring uh, that when you hit someone in the face uh, or in the mouth, for that matter, it'll say in the morning uh, and, uh, and uh, hit them in the mouth in Latin. It'll It's a signet ring, so it's in mirror script. And uh, these uh, credits, uh, you can put them anywhere. Unlike the way they do it in Hollywood, the phonies here, if someone actually uh, says, hey, what kind of credit is that? Well, you can just say it's a real uh, executive producer credit. I worked on the show. I'm a producer. And uh, I supported that uh, episode just like uh, CSI or uh, or any other uh, sitcom, like uh, Two and a Half Men or whatever you have. And we will vouch for you. We'll gladly take the call and gladly help out. Of course, you can always do one thing which costs no money, and that is propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And I want to remind people that uh, Dvorak.org slash NAA and ChannelDvorak.com slash NAA, uh, NoAgendaNation.com and NoAgendaShow.com are, are vehicles into which you can access the donation page. Dvorak.org slash NAA. I got my own. I got my own bill here. Did you buy one? No, that's my uh, sample. Oh, the sample. That's yeah. not good. You can't do this. Squirrel. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. But why? But, but why would I want to? You can't do this. See, you can't do that. True. Yeah. All right. Back to the show. Yeah, I got plenty today, so I'll just kick back since I've uh, taken up uh, about uh, 45 minutes of our time <laughs> deconstructing the best jobs bill in the universe. Yeah, well, uh, I got a couple of things that are kind of interesting, a little different. 
Uh, this one is interesting. This uh, this is a uh, – I think this is one of the networks trying to slam Viacom, to be honest about it. I'll, I'll explain why when I play the tease. But uh, play Jump Cuts Make You Fat. Uh, you have two, so uh, okay. number one that doesn't have the two on it. Obviously, this has had long-term effects and school performance, attention problems, even lead to obesity. So you know there there's a very good chance that these these results would be extrapolated. So the bottom the line from the study is that it's not just quantity of television, but quality. I mean, Robin, Robin, how would you define fast-paced television? Well, in the study, it talks about how often a scene is ch- changed completely. So uh, they're in the kitchen, they're in the bedroom, they're in the swimming in the swimming pool. How often does that happen? Hey, you know, this is really interesting. Cause I, was this on NPR as well? Because I heard this, and it was actually it was about the uh, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Dude. Hey, play, play the Jump Cuts uh, Part okay. 2, and this is the kicker. Okay. And up next, the negative impact that fast-paced cartoons, for example, SpongeBob, might have on your children's development. We'll talk about that right after this. Yeah, you know, so I, I heard this on our National Treasure. Uh, this was on a morning show. On right. The, no, no, no. Well, this what that means is there's a PR company out there peddling some kind of study that was done. Yeah, but why are they blasting SpongeBob in both instances? That, that, I don't consider SpongeBob the fast. I mean, you watch uh, the Hawaii Five O or anything on, on normal television nowadays. No, it's no. extremely fast paced. Well, the what I understood about uh, about the SpongeBob SquarePants thing is that things happen that can't really happen in the real world because it's, uh, what is that called? Oh, yeah, it's a cartoon. And uh, things take place. It's kind of like Wile E. Coyote. You know, like you strap some rockets onto your feet and you can fly over the canyon. Unless it's yeah, made or, by you, or you run off a cliff and you stand there in midair until you <laughs> notice. Actually, that's exactly the life we're living with these donations. We, <laughs> we, yeah. are, we are actually we're doing that. We're standing in the midair. We're waiting for the... Just, we have to look down and then we fall. Now, uh, from time to time, uh, and we've mentioned this throughout the years... Um, I'm, I'm going to Google it right now. I tell people to go. Uh, there's a um, uh, a fun thing you can do, which is the uh, Zen the Zen TV experiment. And the Zen TV experiment, uh, it's it's like twelve. You know, it's like a couple steps, and it tells you. It really this if any this is a lot of the background of how we know what's really going on. With the show, uh, and it, it helps you understand what a dishonest medium television is. And these people are—I mean, it's some bullcrap study. They don't know themselves because they are in the box. But uh, some of the experiments are like this: yeah, watch any TV show for 15 minutes without turning on the sound. Then watch any news program for 15 minutes without turning on the sound. Then watch television for one half hour without turning it on. So just watch it. Watch the black screen. And you go th- you go through these things, and you start to learn what uh, the zoom is, what is how deceptive a zoom is, or indeed how you are bridging in your mind the fact that they were in the living room one minute, and then they're in the car the next minute, and then and of course they're not really in the car; they're in a studio in a green screen. And I'll put this in the show notes. It's called the Zen TV experiment. Do this; it will change your mind, your 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 view on television forever. And it shows you how you get uh, coerced into a fake reality, um, how uh, you get uh, hypnotized. There's a really good section about, about, quote, news. You will really, really love this. 
And so don't listen to that bull crap report. Jump cuts make you fat. <laughs> I love the fat part. <laughs> Makes you fat, but I'm uh, I'm putting that in the show notes right now. You will the not regret we, it. We've noticed doing this show is that because uh, we take clips that we just play as audio off a of video, and even and yeah, re- and almost every time while we while we're either editing or playing it, sometimes on the show as witnessed last week, we hear things that you don't hear when you're watching the show. And you Correct. pointed this out with the acting. Yep. And how bad, how bad it really is. <laughs> the acting horrible. is really bad, but you don't realize how bad until you just pull away the, the visuals. Yeah. Uh, so, this, uh, uh, this is a fun thing. And, and I've been pointing to this. Uh, Thank you, love. I've been pointing to this uh, 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 experiment page for, I think, well, four, maybe five years. And every once in a while it comes up. And I forget because, you know, John, you and I were... I mean, you were literally born when the medium television started, and that's not meant as a slam, but that's just a fact. Um, and I'm like I, an internet baby today. Yeah, exactly. And and I should mention that not only was, was I uh, born during the TV era, so I've always known TV. I've always had TV uh, in the house. We weren't like late bloomers in terms of pulling TVs into the house, and I had a TV in my room. When, yeah, when we went through the first TV set, that went into my room, and we got a new set, and that, and I've, so I've always had a TV at you know. Um, when we 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 should, we can even go through the 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 evolution and the uh, the revolutions of television, which consisted of a couple things. The remote control was, of course, the biggest one. That was, I mean, I, growing up in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, we had two channels when I was a kid. It started at seven p.m. With news, the same guy, the same newscast on both channels at the same time, and it ended at like ten past eleven, and it was good night, slaves, and they put a test pattern on, and it was over, and that was it. And remember, color TV, they had to warm it up, you had to warm the setup. Did you have you one had of those? It with black and white TVs too? Okay, early well, on. I don't remember that, of course, but the uh, the color TV, you had to press one button, you had to wait like a minute, and then you could press the other button. And otherwise, you know, you blow up the television or something. Oh, we didn't like have that. any of that, that kind of corniness. I mean, that sounds like you have like a spark on the car you had to start. <laughs> just, yeah. One crank of those, it harder, crank boy. It, crank it in the front. <laughs> <laughs> I think all Citroëns still have a crank. Did you know that? The Citro- Some car, there's, yeah, there's a crank hole for I think you'd kill yourself if you tried to do it. Yeah. So uh, I think the remote control concept's interesting because it, I think remote controls led to the 500 channels. Of because course, you could if we zap. had that many channels today and no remote control and you had to change them by hand, no, but people would just lock onto one channel because it's too much effort. Well, it wasn't even that. It, was not, it wasn't even the switching. And, of course, uh, I was like the slave in the house. And my dad, you know, if he was, if he was there. Get up. Yeah, hey, go change the channel. But it worse. Turn the vo- remote control. Turn the volume up. Can you imagine not having a volume control? Yeah. <gasps> anyway, so to do this experiment, you will uh, you will not regret it. Um, speaking of TV, uh, of course, uh, in uh, Gimo Nation Pasta there in Italia, our bunga bunga boy Silvio Berlusconi, who owns all of the TV stations and the newspapers, and is there anything he doesn't own there? I don't know. I think he owns just about everything. So, uh, you know, his bunga bunga parties are now... uh, now totally a Mussolini. (laughs) ...become uh, famous. 
And uh, so there's uh, you know, the question is, OK, so we know you did, as he says, in recorded tapes because they they wiretapped <laughs> and they wiretapped him talking about his bunga bunga parties and uh, that he, uh, you know, that there were like 11 women waiting outside his door, but he couldn't do, quote, do more than eight. And uh, but the question is whether he paid for them and whether he paid for a prostitute, which was underage. But the whole reporting is just bizarre. Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi allegedly used state aircraft to fly in escort girls to his private parties. That's according to transcripts of wiretaps published by Italian media. In one call, Berlusconi bragged to businessman friend Gianpaolo Tarantini that 11 girls waited for sex outside his bedroom, but that he could only sleep with eight. Tarantini is in custody in Naples, accused of supplying call girls and trying to extort money from the Premier. The leader of the centrist UDC party said Berlusconi lost any will to govern some time ago. He should let Italy be ruled by someone who believes in her, he said. Even Berlusconi's longtime ally, Northern League leader Umberto Bossi, says it's unlikely that the Prime Minister will see out his full term until 2013. The billionaire media tycoon has always denied paying for sex and has previously described his parties as friendly gatherings. <laughs> A friendly gathering. You know, no wonder the guy's too tired. Eight. Eight. How you, old is that guy? How many is he he's in his seventies. He's, he's in his seventies. But if you can, there's if, no way he's doing eight. If you can do eight, if you can bang eight escort, escorts in a night, you should be the king of the world. And I'm voting for him. It's bull crap. <laughs> of course, it, he's laughing. You see, this is what people have to understand. Yeah, Eight He's the just. News. They actually. Put, they yeah, can you believe that? I rock. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. As a guy, if 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 the if it's in the news that uh, you have a strong libido or libido, and, right? And eleven girls are lining up, and you can do eight of them, and you're seventy. That is an ego booster. That's great. The guy loves this. He he didn't give a crap about. He's like, ha, ha, ha. So, so in all the reports about this, did anybody say? about the eight, that this is bull crap? He's calling up, hey, Putin! Ha! Ha! With your gay shirt off, I, get, I banged eight chicks! Ha ha! Get on your horse! And that's just on Monday. A <laughs> <laughs> good one. So Europe, of course, is uh, completely falling apart. And uh, I have a clip from our buddy, John. Uh, he's back. Oh, great. Nigel Farage. Our, our- we love him. He carries the show. He carries, in times of economic distress, uh, Nigel Farage will carry the show. And he, of course, is great today because he is completely agreeing with my uh, thesis that uh, what is going to happen in Europe is not that uh, Greece will be kicked out or anything like that, uh, but that it will all be controlled by Brussels. And uh, the elites in Brussels, uh, led by... uh, Haiku Herman, and then, of course, there'll be the IMF, led by uh, Christine Lagarde, uh, who kicked out uh, uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn in order to do this, uh, will uh, say to all of the individual states, uh, all right, go tell your human resources the following. Either A, uh, you can uh, suffer the uh, uh, hunger winter like we had after the Second World War. That's option one. Or option two, give us all the power and we'll take care of you. That's option number two. This is your basic theory. We put it in the Red Book last show. Right. 
Uh, Nigel Farage puts a name on this, and he calls it European Economic Governance. Now what you've got is economic governance, and everybody here in this front row supports more European economic governance. What is European economic governance? I'll tell you what it is. It's a plane landing at Athens airport, out of which get an official from the Commission, an official from the European Central Bank, and, a, and, and an official for, for, for the appalling IMF. And those three people, the Troika you call them, go in, they meet the Greek government, and they tell the Greek government what they may or may not do. You have killed democracy in Greece. You have three part-time overseas dictators <laughs> that now tell the Greek people what they can and can't do. It is totally unacceptable. Is it any wonder that Greek people are now burning EU flags and drawing swastikas across them? You are, frankly, unless Greece is allowed to get out of this economic and political prison, you may well spark a revolution in that country. I suppose there is some good news at least, and that is that in Germany people are waking up right up to the President. People are saying all of this represents the death of democracy. None of this can work and the German people simply will refuse in the end to pay the bill. Your one achievement is you have split Europe between North and South. The Greeks now badmouth the Germans. The Germans badmouth the Greeks. I have one last plea, Mr Barroso. Will you please help Greece, help her to get her currency back, help her to reschedule her debts, help her out of the mess that you have put her into. Your policies have failed. Stand up, be a man, admit it. Yeah, take that. So uh, a couple of things about what uh, Nigel Farage just said there. Uh, one, he telegraphed to us by saying you may well spark a revolution. Well, I think that is definitely going to happen. But for all of the people in the, in the United States of Europe who listen to the program, which makes up at least a good 40% of the show, um, I have heard this. I've had contact with many Dutch people in the past uh, who have been over in Los Angeles, uh, who have been over here visiting, and there is an absolute created hatred against the Greek. And this is how it goes. Nah, why did you shut up? They got to retire when they were 52. Oh, come on, get on board with the program. Nah, I'm sick and tired of paying for those assholes who are lazy down there. And this is a very, very bad thing. This is an engineered crisis, engineered to make the peoples of the United States of Europe hate each other. War is good business, particularly when it's in your own backyard. Elites love that. Don't fall for the trap. Anyway, it's nice to put a name to it, European Economic Governance. And uh, I think uh, Nigel Farage is, uh, is right on with his assessment. Yeah, I think it definitely is a propagandistic thing that uh, we're dealing with. So uh, let me play one more clip that's kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, another, this kind of came out of the blue. I wanted to run it on Thursday. I'm going to run it now. Um, it's uh, got the wrong man because I have a question about this. Because uh, when I was listening to it, just the, the normal story itself was interesting, but it brings up a point that I don't think anyone's ever brought up. 
And a scare for new parents in the East Bay. A woman was nursing her baby when armed federal agents started pounding on the door. Yeah, it happened early this morning in a quiet neighborhood in Alameda. And as M. Makovic explains, turns out the FBI agents got the wrong house, but that didn't have to look too far to get the right one. The pounding on the door starts, and it is epic. I can't really make out the words that are being shouted. Our first thought was the neighborhood's on fire. It wasn't a fire. That frantic knock he heard just after 7 this morning was from the FBI. I open the slats on the window next to the door, and I see what turns out to be eight uniformed, armored, armed officers, four of whom are pointing guns through the window at my face. How are you feeling at that? As the officers were about to cuff him, Clemens warned them that they had the wrong guy, and then he mentioned that his wife was Priya David, a correspondent for CBS News. But what does this have to do with the breastfeeding at the beginning of the clip? Well, I think they tried to, to personalize it, so it's like, oh, you know, this woman's just calmly feeding her kids, and then the cops are busting into the place. Of course, they don't take it any further. But the question that, that came to mind when I was listening to this was, does anyone, do, you know, this happens all the time. Yeah, they they uh, stossel like bitches and moans about this constantly, especially when these fo- fake drug busts take place. They bust into somebody's some wrong person's house, mm-hmm. and the question is: Has anyone documented this and then bring up in court the way they do it? The, they're doing this with DNA now. Bring up in court that if these guys can't get the simple fact of where somebody lives correct, how can we trust any of the information that's in the indictment? Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing, it seems to me, would be to get the guy's address correct <laughs> for, for law enforcement to know where the guy lives that, that before they bust into the place. Yeah. And if they can't get that correct, how do we know that any of their procedures are any good? I, I, I mean, any of them. Yeah, you make a good point. And, and that is, it's right along the lines with something a lot of people emailed me about uh, based on our last show. Um, this entrapment that law enforcement is executing. Um, whereas I think your point was, you know, if someone is like doing some stuff that, uh, so for instance, an example, you walk out of a bar, the cops are watching, you're drunk, you're driving, you know, you're walking over to your car or maybe just walk in the parking lot. There's a couple things, you know, uh, the way I also believe the community cop used to be. It's like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, Adam. Uh, hey, man, how you doing? Having a good night? You had a fun party? Hey, you better not drive, you know, because, uh, you know, that would be dangerous and uh, and I'd probably have to take you in, you know. And uh, and that's how uh, I think a, a respectful community officer of the law should uh, respond. But instead, they sit there and wait until you're in the car and then they bust you. Or if you're doing something that could be perceived as maybe bad, you know, yeah, and they, stop also, they actually try to trick you to 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 create a to, to they'll trick you to, to to do a crime that you maybe may not have done if it wasn't for the fact you've been entrapped, and this goes on constantly. I mean, instead of policing, this is just essentially a, an operation that just designed to arrest people with over. This isn't policing. Policing is like going around, like you said, and you know. You know, tapping his hey, don't don't do that because I will arrest you. Uh, instead, they arrest you. Yeah, they wait. No, they actually sit you know, there and like wait. It's a numbers game. They're just trying to rack up numbers, which is like they always deny, but it's always like at the end of the month you see it happen when they're just pulling everybody over left and right. It's just it's really a bad scene. I mean, when I was in Brazil, for example, which is thirty million people in Sao Paulo, I don't think I saw one cop. 
I mean, I saw some cop- cops in cop cars and motorcycles once or twice, usually with their red lights on running to some accident on one of the 30-lane freeways. But just roaming around town, I didn't see anybody. I mean, there's nobody. People don't realize that if you go into some other country, the, the amount of policing. When I'm in Albany... I can, or Berkeley, I can go from uh, one end of the town to the other, and uh, I'll see five police on the trip to the store. Uh-huh. And I'll see five more coming back, or two. I very rarely get out of the house and go more than a few miles without seeing at least one police, if not two or three. Let me ask you a question. When you were in Sao Paulo, what did you not see? What did I not see? Yeah, when you were Are out. You, you calling me a Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I realize it came out that way, but no. When you were outside walking around, did, did you notice there was something uh, missing? No, I didn't. What, what are you getting at? What are you driving at? This is the city that has banned all outdoor advertising. Oh, well, that's somewhat bullcrap. Oh, really? Yeah, because that, that's funny. I mentioned that to one of the dinners because I noticed a lot of the billboards were blank. Yeah, and I thought it was peculiar when you leave the airport. There's blank billboards that like they some like they couldn't sell the billboards. No, this happened. I saw this because I watched the uh, the greatest movie ever sold, which is that you know the supersize me guy. He did, he did a movie f- uh, about uh, product placement, and the whole thing is financed by the the products that he's trying to get into the movie. So it's like a a fractal documentary, and he shows uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I was amazed, like every, so yeah, the the billboards are, some of them are still there, but they're all blank, there's no advertising on taxis, on buses, and this was banned maybe two years ago, I think, let me see, uh, no, uh, four years ago, looks like, four or five years ago. So it's, it's still not there, huh? There's no advertising, and it didn't no, feel that's, better? No, that's not true. That's the joke of it. Oh, okay. There's a, like, Samsung has got billboards all over the place when you leave the airport, and then there's a bunch of blank ones. And then there'd be some, there'd be one car company will have a bunch of them. There seems to be some something more to this story now that you mention it. Because I did think it was peculiar. And I asked some guys about the missing billboards and they didn't, they did fail to mention this to me. So there was some? Yeah, there were some. And they were always for the same brand. Samsung would being the main one. Well, Samsung was also the, uh, I saw on all the shirts of the Libyan rebels. Samsung, those guys, they got a great uh, advertising strategy. It's like, let's go to the place where there's no advertising. There's two we can think of. One is Sao Paulo, Brazil. We'll buy that. And then uh, let's uh, let's see. We, do, hey, we have all the football teams. Hey, let's get some Rebels. Let's sponsor those guys. You Go ahead and look at some of the pictures of the Libyan yeah, Rebels. Yeah, you're right. Samsung's got their logo all Samsung. over the place. Samsung, yeah. Hmm. Okay, that was a, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Morgan Spurlock his name oh okay so that's uh, disappointing because mickey and i were looking at that and like wow that must be really nice because when you drive through the city of angels no here's what's bad about here's what the problem there's all these billboards that's bullcrap they didn't take the billboards down they're still there yeah, now they're, they're incredible eyesores right because the, the billboard that was on there was all torn off so it's just this big ugly empty billboard it looks like crap but not only that, it's not true because there's clearly still uh, advertising. Yeah, there's still advertising on some of them. Hmm. Well, that's disappointing. Oh, I got a funny one. You'll like this. And, uh, by the way, can I mention something else? If sure. you know about it, oh, that must be nice. Not Sao Paulo has lots of pretty parts of this of this city, but most of it is is very ugly. 
and with lots of graffiti <laughs> everywhere. It, the billboards would spr- would spruce it up. Let's put it that way. It's not a po- it's not like Krakow, Poland. That's gorgeous because it's got no billboards. It's funny you say graffiti. <clears throat> Is that correct pronunciation? Is it graffiti or graffiti? Yeah, you can say it either way. I think I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong. But uh, transsexuals, did you see those? No, I never, I've never seen one. Of course, then again, I could be fooled. They might be that good. <laughs> they are that good. I got I to gotta go uh, to Sao Paulo, uh, Mick, to look at some billboards. <clears throat> so uh, we have been tracking for a while the very interesting stumbles. Everybody, it, I mean, it, the only thing that hasn't happened is the president hasn't done it himself yet, but I'm sure it will happen. This mix-up between Osama and Obama. And this is a, this is a, a big thing, and of course you know the names. And by the way, you know if if your name is Barry, and you're going to become president, you know I, somewhere you would have thought some consultant would have said, you know maybe, you know maybe just keep it. Uh, what was his last name? Barry uh, Sotero. Maybe yeah, just keep Barry it, Sotero. Maybe just keep it Sotero because you know Obama sounds like a lot like Osama. You know, it's not like this guy hasn't been known and. You know, it could, it could be it could become weird. And besides the fact that his face, if you overlay the president's face over uh, Osama bin Laden, there's a lot of similarities. Small ears, flat nose, the teeth. It's kind of scary when you look at it. But anyway, Dick Cheney, the uh, zombie, because of course he's dead. He has a he's kept in in life by a, a laptop battery, uh, which pumps his heart literally. He's got pumps. Uh, he's got a vest he has to wear. I, I'm sick of seeing this guy. He's on everything. He's ne- What has he ever accomplished before he became a government bureaucrat and a chief of staff for another president? And then he somehow worms his way into – he is one of these guys who's like the bureaucrat run amok. I mean it's like we – He's. what has he ever done f- – as a real as a person before he became a he's like the worst case scenario for a government worker. No, he's done a lot. He uh, assisted the nine eleven ta- attacks. He told her the planes to stand down, not to uh, shoot airliners out of the sky. He's done a lot of incredibly important things for someone, not for us, but for someone. You know, he shot people in the face. You know, he got himself rich on Halliburton uh, contract deals. You talking about very important guy. And he's on the Dennis Miller radio show. And he oh. and he makes who by the way, Dennis Miller just lost like eight thousand points in my book. God did he suck up to Cheney. And Yeah, uh, he's like a kiss ass. Ugh. I mean, i kiss up to all my guests too, but if I had if I wouldn't have Cheney as a guest. I'm like F off. You beast, you vampire, zombie. And and Cheney makes the Obama Osama mistake, but in a very frightening way. Uh, made a public statement endorsing what he done and congratulating the, them on uh, on their success. I th- also thought it was important and, and uh, did emphasize the role our career intelligence and military people had played in because a lot of folks had been working that problem for ten years when they finally solved it and, and figured out. Uh, where Obama was, and then we're able to mount the operation with SEAL Team 6 to take him out. The work the problem thing's big with you, right? Where Bin Laden was. Nah. So he says they figured out where Obama was and took him out, but instead of going back and saying Osama, he says Bin Laden. Very curious to me. Yeah, that is, that is weird. Listen to it one more time just to make sure. Yeah, that's and pretty interesting. Out, uh, where Obama 
Obama was and then were able to mount the operation with SEAL Team 6 to take him out. The work, the problem thing's big with you, right? Where Bin Laden was. Yeah. So maybe they were looking at where Obama was. Oh, he's on the on the he's on the golf course. Good. All right, we've got him on the golf course. Now let's let's do something funny. Make make it look like we're gonna like do helicopter stuff. I don't know, but I that was a weird mistake or a weird way to correct it. Instead of Osama, which is what every normal person would say. I mean, I can't believe I said Obama. I mean Osama. He says I mean Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Not sure. Not sure what it really means. Not sure how interesting it really is, but it's kind of interesting. It's I'm not sure what it means, but so so here's something that really bothered me, and it's it's seemingly quite small. Um, and before we get to our uh, thanking our uh, our uh, supporters for this week, I'd like to discuss it with you. So we had this huge, huge. Everyone was all over it. Doctor Oz, who I'd never heard of before. Until I guess in a lot of stations he's taken over Oprah's slot. Well, he 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 is an Oprah guy, right? He, he he's an Oprah guy. He's had a show for a while. Yes, and uh, I've watched it a couple of times. And there's a lot of the stuff he does. I think we've had uh, some of our producers write in saying this guy's full of crap. This isn't true. The guy is is a he's like a celebrity doctor. Yeah. So so let me let me take you through some of the research I've done. So I've never really heard of this guy. I think someone sent me a clip of and he had really big on his screen there in the studio audience. Uh, what did, what is your poop like or something like that? Which you know, a good poop joke is always funny for me. So I'm like, OK, the guy's talking about checking your poop. All right. That's cool. And um, so the, the controversy here is he has come out, and and by the way, this is, of course, a season opener, so this may have something to do with it. We're going to talk about this. Uh, he's come out, and he says, there's arsenic in the apple juice. Arsenic in the, the children. Arsenic in the apple juice. And this, and, you know, he's done a study, and all this stuff is happening. So uh, there's a couple things that happen. So I'll just give you a quick thing uh, this is ABC, the Compromise News Network. This shows me that it's not coming from the government because when ABC go, I mean, ABC is, of course, uh, the president of ABC News. His sister is now a trusted advisor to our president. Uh, and ABC News, as George Papanopoulos, it's completely compromised. So when ABC is against someone, then I know it's pretty much not from the government. So here's Dr. Oz, and he's on with the Richard, Dr. Richard Besser who is ABC's resident doctor. And let's just give you a little idea of the pros and the cons, and then I'll get into some of the research I've done and where I think this might be coming from. Robin, I, you know, I have to tell you, Mehmet, I'm, I'm very upset about this. I think that this was extremely irresponsible. Putting out this kind of a health warming, uh, warning, manufacturing a health crisis based on faulty, incomplete data, uh, this fear-mongering, it, it, it reminds me of yelling fire in a movie theater. I, I'm, I'm very annoyed about this. And Dr. Oz, do you stand by your results? And how do you respond to what Rich just said? Absolutely. I'm not fear-mongering. We did our homework on this, Rich, and you know we spent a lot of time making sure we got our numbers right. Let me just go through this real quickly. Uh, we had uh, some concerns about arsenic and apple juice, not because we thought about it, but other groups independent of ours over the last three years have been publishing reports about this. Uh, I have to call into question some of the assumptions that you're making. First off, uh, you claim that most of the arsenic in apple juice is of the organic type. Uh, that is not true. 
Uh, one, the only peer-reviewed study that I looked at uh, that evaluated high levels of arsenic, uh, which was published from the University of Arizona in, 19, in 2009, showed that most of the arsenic was actually of the inorganic. Man, man, I, I, I have to Secondly, interrupt you there. I'm, I'm sorry. How can you go on the air and publish arsenic results without breaking it down into total, uh, into inorganic and organic, into the dangerous kind and the... And the right, so this goes on and on and on and on, and I'm like, whatever. Okay, so I understand the basics of it. Uh, he's saying there's arsenic in the apple juice, and uh, the, the FDA is saying, hold on a second, all of the, uh, the juice brands are making statements, etc. Now, the first clue that something was weird is at the end of this six-minute segment, six minutes, Listen to this. CA should not allow more arsenic in our apple juice than we allow in our drinking water. If you're going to pay money to buy something Mehmet, for your you're kids, apple it ought to at least here. have a low arsenic level. Yeah, because you brought up water. Mehmet, this, you, you're right. We have started a conversation here, and we appreciate your willingness to come on and talk to us live about it. And I'm sure it's a, a conversation that we're going to consider. And you, went to, you, went, you guys went to school together. We were right, classmates. Not, we, that's right. We, we, oh, they were classmates. Because I had heard them the whole time, Rich, you know, instead of Dr. Richard or whatever, Mr. Besser, Rich, you know, Oz, back and forth, like, huh. So first I look at this uh, Besser. Now, Besser used to work for the CDC. In fact, he was the guy during the huge swine flu scare. He was the guy that would go on uh, television all the time on behalf of the CDC and tell everyone how we're dying. Remember those reports? He'd get up there. And I even see in the New York Times... Where it says, uh, um, Dr. Oz says, uh, wow, this guy is doing so great. He's my, I'm so proud of him, my former classmate. He has lapped me when it comes to television uh, medicine, to being a doctor on TV. So now I'm suspicious. Now I'm like, okay, there's a reason for this. So I start investigating this Dr. Oz guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he he has an awesome, he's got the scam of all scams. I, I got to tell you, um, let's uh, just do a flu shot. Uh, so here is a quick setup that he did. This is uh, back in the day when he was clearly working uh, with his uh, classmate at the CDC. Today, we're talking about the swine flu pandemic and the steps you must take to be prepared. Joining me nice. is Janan. How are you? Hi, nice to meet you. Now you're a mom. Yes, I am. Are you worried about swine flu? I'm very worried about it, actually, because they're really? saying that... Up it's totally scripted. You can, it's so obvious. 50% of the population can be, you know, infected with this. And I have three girls, mm -hmm. 12, 10, and 5. You're going to vaccinate them? Yeah. Of course. Now, so i uh, like, oh, that's interesting. So I start looking around on his website. <laughs> You've got to listen to the to the commercial. This is it's a it's a commercial, and this is how the guy operates. He'll bring up some horrible thing, and then he'll sell you a product. Third flu fighter I'm going to arm you with is the flu shot. Shot. So Whoa. I'm going to get my listen to the audience. Whoa. Flu shot. Whoa. Never heard of that. Oh yeah. So Renee, thank you for being my assistant. Yes. Don't move from there. Flu shot. Now, here to administer my flu shot is Stacia Woodcock, a Walgreens pharmacist. A Walgreens pharmacist. Ah, okay. So I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, that's cool. He slipped it in, a Walgreens pharmacist. I thought that was going to be it. Thank you very much for visiting, Stacia. No problem. So, Stacia, as you prep my arm, if you don't mind, explain the importance of getting a yearly flu shot. Well, the CDC has changed the recommendations this year. So now they recommend that absolutely everyone, six months of age and older, receive a flu shot. So that's everyone should receive a flu shot. Much easier, by the way, when 
we don't have all the little, you know, this, if that, then then. Exactly, simple very simple. <laughs> and they've made it even simpler this year. The flu shot this year contains both seasonal flu vaccine and H1N1 vaccine Woo! in one shot. So it's literally a, a one-shot deal this year. It's very simple. All right, so I, I'm, all right, okay, he's propagating that meme, okay. By the way, yeah, we still have to ask the question why the swine flu shot originally was two shots, couldn't be combined with anything, and all of a sudden... It's all combined. Yeah. Well, stay with me. She's ready. You guys all set? Yeah. And there it goes. And you know what? It doesn't hurt. That, that, that's such a small needle. A mosquito bite hurts more than this. And, and, and when, you know, when you get the flu shot, you're no, not just doing yourself a favor. You're doing a favor for everybody around you. And we have partnered with Walgreens oh, and their new campaign. We've partnered with Walgreens. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize it was a commercial. And you get everybody in America armed. You get one of these really cool Band-Aids. <laughs> uh, so, Stacia, what, what's this program about? <laughs> it's the Arm Yourself for Those You Love campaign. And what Walgreens is doing is really trying to protect America against the flu. And the way we're doing that, we have more certified immunizers than anyone else in the country and that means wherever there's a Walgreens when the pharmacy is open you can come in and get your flu shot 24 hours a day seven days a week um, no appointment is necessary you can bill most insurance companies directly at the pharmacy um, she's good she, she's the nurse that apparently has a PR background she's perfect and, and it's like oh, this is their entire campaign she's laying out it's wonderful. If the light's on, then you can come in and get your flu shot at Walgreens. And the reason we're doing that is to protect you. It's not only protecting yourself when you get a flu shot, you're protecting the people that you care about. Yeah. So when you come into Walgreens and you get your Walgreens. flu shot, we have a lovely sticker that says, I got my flu shot for, and Dr. Oz got his for, a healthy America. He's trying to protect everyone and show you the importance. Now here's the deal. Now here's the deal. Wait. But wait, there's more. When you see this poster at Walgreens. He's on the poster, John. He's on the poster. Go to a station. Put it like this. I'm hoping it reminds you of how important it is to get vaccinated. Station, thank you very much. Listen, here's, here's the present for you. Everyone in our audience is going home with a Walgreens flu shot gift card. Woo! So the guy's got a great scam going. He he's, he sets <laughs> he sets it up and he gets paid by Walgreens. The whole website, DrOz.com, has pre rolls on every video for Walgreens. So I'm like, okay, this guy's a shill. All right, it's really disingenuous, by the way. And I'm looking in. Oh, by the way, it turns out he owns 150 thousand shares of Sigma Corporation. Um, which is uh, here we go in their product pipeline: vaccines for smallpox. Uh, arena virus, dengue fever, bunya virus. So he's a shareholder and a director of Cigna Technologies. So be on the lookout for a show soon about dengue fever. So he's doing right. that. Smallpox, too. Right. All those things on that list. So then I'm like, okay, I've, there's got to be something in There's got to be something. And I think there's two two things. Either A, it's a commercial for... This company? To my grandfather's tart cherry farm in Turkey. We made a delicious drink called Vishne Suya. Now, little did I know back then that it contained what would be the ultimate antioxidant. Blueberries, cranberries, and oranges are all powerful antioxidant superstars. But could there be a new one that tops them all? Groundbreaking research is discovering the research. hidden health secrets of the tart cherry. And it turns out, the juice of this humble little fruit may be nature's ultimate antioxidant. 
So um, this uh, the only company that I could find that makes tart jerry uh, juice is the R.W. Knudsen family uh, of... Yeah, Knudsen. Knudsen, yeah, of products. They're organic. They make the tart cherry. And um, I, in what I could find in this segment that you're about to hear 30 seconds of, th- there's a bottle of it sitting right there in the studio as he explains how great it is. Add tart cherry juice, and for that reason, your melatonin levels are overflowing. And because it's overflowing, you end up a lot sleepier. Now, I'm going to point something out. I have said this over and over again in our 2011 Move It and Lose It program. I don't want you eating within three hours of bedtime. So you don't have to have this late at night. You have to have it at dinner time. But this is something you should make part of your diet. Tart cherry juice. Bon appetit. And he's got it right there. So, um, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Have some uh, nuts and tart cherry juice. So, So, three things are possible. One... He just went out to get some uh, big numbers, opening uh, season, uh, premiere, and he did a pretty good job. He even got me watching. Two. No kidding. Yeah. Two, this is uh, a commercial for uh, tart, terry, tart Cherry Juice. The third thing, and this is only because I heard him arguing with his classmate, who he's buddies with, I believe this was a smokescreen. It may be, it, I think there's benefit all around, by the way. I mean, I'm sure the tart j- cherry juice will come up, and he'll be promoting that. If you if you Google Dr. Oz tart cherry juice, you go to the Newtson website. So it's SEO, that's for sure. And the guy knows his SEO. There was, there's a lawsuit currently between the uh, companies that make high-fructose corn syrup and the uh, sugar organization. And the sugar organization, people who make uh, sugar from uh, cane sugar and from sugar beets, are suing, saying we don't want the high fructose corn syrup people to be talking about high fructose corn syrup, calling it corn sugar, which we have been talking about for years. And we even, uh, I think you have in the book, John, that soon it'll just be sugar. And right, this one, they'll, they'll make the argument that. W- if it's some, what type of sugar it is is not important. It's still sugar. It says sugar. It's just corn sugar. What Your body can't tell the difference. And, and, uh-huh. and, and it's funny because I was actually collecting clips and getting ready to do something about this on the last show. And this is on the news. It's all over. There's report after report after report. And you've got experts saying, well, there's really no difference. It's just a, you know, it's about branding and advertising, which, of course, is a lie unto itself because people forget the history of high fructose corn syrup. It was made to fatten up uh, cattle. And uh, this uh, controversy wiped that entire discussion off the news. It's gone. The lawsuit continues, but it's gone. So I think that there was a triple play at work here. One, to remove from the the conversation what is high fructose corn syrup, because we were going to get pretty close. People are going to start figuring it out, no matter how many experts you put in saying, well, it's just your body can't tell the difference. Uh, and the guy gets some benefit by uh, uh, his opening uh, season being uh, being big, and uh, probably he threw in a sponsorship there for uh, the tart cherry juice. But to me, I tart think... Tart cherry juice. This is ludicrous. <laughs> Weigh in on this, John. What do you think? I think you got you nailed this from top to bottom. I think there may be one or two other elements that are possible. If you start digging into the uh, apple juice thing, you run into uh, the fact that Mott's was the target, and he's obviously not being sponsored by them. Not, and, not anymore. And, and, and there's some evidence that a lot of this 
arsenic bull crap stems from the fact that we're importing a lot of apple juice from China. in tanks from China. China, China, China. The damn so Chiners. I hate them Chiners. So when you have the Chinese involved, you always have a, a shakedown possible, which is, you know, the old-fashioned thing that the uh, right. you know the Rainbow Alliance and uh, L. Sharpton and people like that used to do, which was like, you know, you, you guys haven't really been donating oh, to the cause. Oh, yeah, this is, we of course. To- hey, what, Mots, you don't want to advertise on my show? Okay, bitches, watch this. Think that's part of it? I, I don't see why not. I mean, that's what that's the kind of leverage that you do. By the way, I want to mention, since we're leading into the donation segment, this is the kind of leverage corruption. I'm not saying that he's doing that. But, I am. But that's the kind of thing that is commonly done. Leaning on advertisers who aren't paying enough and then slanting your coverage to blast them. And uh, unlike Dr. Oz, we don't sit here and say, John. Did you get uh, your flu shot yet? No, Adam, I didn't. But did, well, I don't think, do I really need one? Well, yes, because 50% of the population will get this virus. And, you know, now we have uh, integrated the H1N1 into the regular seasonal flu shot. And you can get it at Walgreens and you get a cool Band-Aid. Oh, really? I mean, I only need to get one shot now instead of three? That's right. If the lights are on, you can come on in. We'll take care of you. We have more trained professionals than any other outlet in the United States. And you get a Band-Aid because you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the people around you. At Walgreens, it's really, and it's, uh, and by the way, most insurance will cover it, John. Oh, so I don't have to pay the full no. amount? Is it expensive? No. not. Who cares? Your insurance will pay for it. And we'll give you... You, uh, you know what? Today, John, on this show, everyone who has donated will get a Walmart flu shot gift card. Wow, Adam. Thanks a lot. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. Sorry. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. So, I'm not quite sure how that was no, my pee, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, I hit the wrong button. I was so excited <laughs> about about the free uh, the free gift cards. I, I do before we uh, get into that. So obviously, uh, this is one of the reasons you don't hear us doing that because we uh, we only take money uh, to pay bills from people who listen to the program, appreciate it, and um, have made that a part of their media consumption budget and uh, and support the show because of it. And uh, and it's not just for you. You're helping others around you. Because when you're awake, other people will hate you. This is it's not just for you. <laughs> will hate you. I do want to mention a quick uh, karma story from Sir Gerlach, who says uh, he had donated uh, fifty-one fifty, the crazy fifty-one fifty for three shows in a row. He said it worked. Later in the day, after Thursday's show, after I'd given my crazy fifty-one fifty donation for three shows in a row, the email came in from my boss telling me he had just submitted the purchase request for my contract extension. I'm good, well into the next year. Keep the karma rolling. So we're very happy for uh, Sir Gerlach, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. I love it when that when it works out that way. Well, it should work. Out and we have way. free karma gift cards for everybody. Free karma. Free karma. <laughs> Here, wait a minute. Grab your free karma, everybody. Here it comes. Enjoy You've it. You've got karma. You know what? Screw it. Let's call up Walgreens right after the show. Let's just go for it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do it. Matt Asbury from uh, Wawa, 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 Tosa, Wisconsin. 
Uh, hi, John and Adam. Sending the donation is the exact amount of our old cable bill. So <laughs> yes. I can easily do the value. This is $178.56. Wow. And by the way, that is not an unusual number for some people's cable bill. Jeez. When did cable be, go from like 20 bucks a month to $178.56? I pay 240 a month. It includes internet uh, and a phone that I never use that's only used by marketers to pester me. Because, of course, they sold my name immediately. And, and a whole bunch of channels that I, I don't watch. I can't afford it. I'm cutting that out. But you can't. See, this is a problem. It's bundled now. Now I, Yeah, they I, bundle I, so you can gouge. It's yeah, a gouge. I made the mistake. And what does it cost them to do this? They got a wire. They don't do anything. I'm sending this donation the exact amount of our old cable bill so I can easily do the value for value math for my beautiful, sexy, smart wife. Woo, hold Please on. throw me some karma. That's one mother I'd like to. Throw me some karma. 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 You've got karma. Trying to extricate himself from the legions of media support stooges. <laughs> no agenda show, best show ever, he says. Matt Astbury. Yay. Chris in Marysville, Washington, uh, $133. ITM fellas, just can't, uh, I just can't quit you. Here's another from one podcaster to a couple of the greats just getting by. Hell yeah. Chris. Thank you. Thank you Anonymous Chris. in uh, Inogera. Inogera. What do you think? Uh, Inogera. In, in, in Algera, Queensland, that's Australia, I know that. Yes, uh, in the morning, is inspired by Adam quitting his corporate job and took unpaid leave from work, university, so I could work on my PhD dissertation, and a, no agenda helps me keep my mind sharp, so I want to return the value with what little money I can spare. Would love a shot of karma to help me finish my doctorate. You've got karma. And he finishes with adios mofos. Adios mofo. Uh, Black Knight uh, Greg Birch up there in Port Angeles, Washington, our official dentist for the uh, No Agenda Legions. $111.11 support for Adam's dental work. Uh, Eventually, the RFID chip will be removed and a true (laughs) implant can be placed, one that plays on the seventh day. That's our our, our end tune, the Marriott uh, Jazz Quintet. By David Marriott every time he eats pancakes. (laughs) Thank you so much, uh, uh, Sir Birch. That's highly appreciated. Black Knight Uh, uh, Greg Birch. Judith. Judith Cook in Orleans, Massachusetts, nuts. Uh, 60 bucks. Just keeping up and listening to your 9-11 show. I had to pause after the Valerie Jarrett rant to donate. Excellent show. Sadly, living on the East Coast, I won't be able to visit you guys in jail. <laughs> she wants to cover for her sons, Jefferson, Christopher, and Ken Post. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You've got karma. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Andrew Haverson and Gavin Hurst on. Mr. Adam Curry, open the door, Mrs. Curry. Now. <laughs> We're so in Gitmo. Free water. <laughs> Andrew Haverson and Gavin Hurst, Ontario, fifty-five, fifty-five. Wanted to hear John say my name, where I'm again, where I, again, where I'm from. L U L Z. Haverson, Gravenhurst. Gravenhurst. That's what it is. Uh, Graham Wolf in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, double nickels on the dime in the morning, having been hit in the mouth by Sir Brian Kaufman. I finally decided to get de-douched. Well, hold on, hold on. You've been de-douched. Started listening in June, and I'm working backwards through the archive. Value for value, thanks. That's crazy. I still don't understand why. Our show must be so good. I mean, I, I, I hate to, like, pound myself on the back here, but... People do this all the time. They go back through the archives. I mean, we're a topical show. Yeah, I know. I would think that you could maybe go back five or six shows. and then Not even. Starts- Why bother? Yeah, I agree. Why bother? But you should listen to show 200.5. Which is out there somewhere. 
Yeah, it's available on NoAgendaNation.com along oh, okay. with mugs. <laughs> Jeffrey Wolf, Edmond, Oklahoma, double nickels on the dime. Keep up the great word, guys. Oh, John, can you try and pronounce my name correctly this time? Jeffrey Wolf. Yeah. Or should I say Wolf? Wolf. Uh, Joe Esposito, Joe the Dish Slave, as he's hey, known. Joe. Uh, Stockton, California. He's back with double nickels on the dime. Hey, guys, Joe the Dish Slave with double nickels as always. I'd appreciate a mention of my podcast, The Ozone Nightmare. Please fire some karma out for my mom. All right. Here, Mama. Mama. You've got karma. Always extra karma available for moms on the show. And then we have some uh, commerciarte something south. I guess it's in, uh, it's a, I don't know. That's a mystery, but it's $50. We'll look into it. Uh, Tonya Foster, uh, San Francisco. Uh, That's Dame Tonya to you. Dame Tonya. It doesn't say Dame Tonya on here. Yeah, but, I, well, she's sure a Sure, it's not Tonya's different than Tonya? San Francisco, fifty dollars. Oh, Please a give a point. birthday shout out to Shyster from his family. Uh, uh, I think it's. I think she's a dame. Am I uh, Tanya? No, Tanya is, but Tonya, Tanya, Tonya, Tanya. Uh, and that's Tanya. all we got this uh, show, unfortunately. Oops. And hopefully, we'll pick it up a little bit uh, hmm. in the weeks ahead. Hmm. Uh, all of the support is highly appreciated. Again, at the end of the show, I have uh, a thought for uh, for some people. Uh, but yeah, I'm positive. I'm really positive in these days. Where uh, everyone's just getting by, living the American dream, according to our president, it's very difficult uh, to uh, to spare anything really. And when I, it, it warms my heart when I see people who have uh, who really have no business giving up any money at all. But I really like it when people evaluate their media consumption budget, like the cable bill, and say, "Hey, you know what? Whatever I paid in cable, you guys are worth worth the same amount." I would say, "Give up your cable bill." Uh, get a Hulu subscription and Netflix, and you're good to go. And then, and then uh, support us. What else do you need? I mean, really, you don't. You, please don't watch CNN, NBC, MSNBC, Fox News. Don't watch any of that. We'll do that for you. The only thing you'll miss from not having cable is C-SPAN. But again, <laughs> don't have Sunlight. to watch that. Yeah, well, you don't have to. So there's many ways to uh, support the show. The easiest one is to go to the following website. Dvorak.org slash N-A. But you can find that uh, address uh, simply by going to uh, noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, channeldvorak.com slash N-A. There's a million places. Or just Google support Adam and John. That'll probably work, too. And uh, we appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we do we do what we can, and I know you're doing what you can, and uh, well, that's the best of it, I guess. Yeah, I was right. It's Dame Tanya Foster. She congratulates uh, the shyster with his birthday. He turned, uh, oh, no, he turned, he, he turned yesterday on the 17th. And uh, Kate Marengo, we, uh, I guess PayPal, or either PayPal made a mistake or, or we didn't get it right. But uh, hey, John and Adam, says Kate, uh, my husband and I came out to see you in the Hot Pockets tour in Palatine, Illinois. We gave Ad- Adam the Adios Mofo t-shirt, which uh, has, by the way, has been captured by my daughter. She thinks it's hilarious to walk around Los Angeles with a, a picture of Rick Perry on her, on her shirt with Adios Mofos. Uh, and they promised to stop being boners and start paving our pathway to knighthood. I'd like to have my husband and I de-douche for our freeloading loyal listening. Now, what happened is uh, she donated last week, and uh, it wasn't either. This didn't come through on the PayPal or uh, or something got confused. 
So she was listed as uh, an associate executive producer instead of her husband, uh, Tony. And that was really the whole point, is that he would get the uh, producership. So we'll change that in the show notes. In fact, uh, we'll put Tony in the show notes for today. And, of course, we congratulate Tony Marengo with his 34th birthday. That was yesterday. Happy birthday from your administrative slaves here at the No Agenda Show. We try hard. Sometimes it's... uh, We try. We have staff. Hey, can we get uh, Buzzkill Jr. on that uh, bridge to the future thing? So that we what can, oh, can we put him on the payroll as a, a government employee? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he he could make more money. We'll, I mean, we'll put I him had on. To the, fire him though in two months, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so and then we'll hire put him, him back a, on the regular payroll. We can we just switch back and forth? <laughs> yeah, hire yeah. him again. Yeah, I wonder about that. But, you know, this this jobs bill is not going to pass anyway, so we might as well give up. But you, you can assume that the pieces of it will be put into another job bill, and I think the main ones are the ones you cited today are the ones they want to keep in. I want this whole bill to pass in its entirety so we can get it over with. It's it's like a it's like an operation. Just do it now. Just just rip it out now so we could in four years or whatever, five years, we, we can just be done with the the depression. We know it's unavoidable, and uh, I subscribe to John's uh, cycles theory. Two thousand thirteen will be the great 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 depression. Uh, it'll be crap. And uh, we might as well just get it over with. If, this will accelerate it. So let's do it. Let's do, and let's do it already. We can sleep on the train, on the high-speed yeah, train. Sleep on the train. We <laughs> can sleep on the train. It's sort of a round-the-world ticket. I will, I will give everyone one piece of advice, all right? Since you, know, you look at the numbers and look at this jobs bill. It's like, yeah, it's great. We're going we're gonna to build roads and, and drone airways and high-speed rail and... You know, all kinds of stuff, but it's not about anything we make. 60% of the gross national domestic product of the United States is banking. So we don't build anything except machines that kill people, which I'm all for. I sell as much uh, machinery as you want to kill people and to sell it to the China or sell it to anybody you want. Uh, but the only thing you can do, the only thing, and here, if, you, if, you're not, if you don't already own a grow house, if you're not already growing marijuana, Here's what I recommend. Start a grow. If you don't have a yard, start growing in your house lettuce, carrots, vegetables, you know, all as much stuff. Because seeds are cheap. You can get seeds. You can buy seeds from somewhere. Start growing it because you can sell that to your starving neighbors. This is a good idea. We have to go back to farming. Start it now. Your backyard own, farming. And if you don't have a backyard, do it in, in the living room. Of course, they've tried to make that illegal in some areas. I know that's why areas. you just got to go do it. You can still kind of get away with it now. And it will work, seriously, because you don't need to charge five bucks for a head of lettuce. You can sell that to your neighbors for 50 cents because it's not going to cost you that. You just, you know, and then your kids, put them all on the couch. They all go to sleep in bunk beds, whatever, and use their bedroom as a grow house. Yeah, it's a sure fire. Daddy, can I sleep in my own bed anymore? <laughs> no, I'm growing my radishes there, kids. Shut up. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Yeah. Okay, we got the Sunday Saturday paper is a little more revealing because it has this in poll support for Obama slips among base. And of course, it's the latest news, uh, New York Times, CBS News poll. What, what, I'm not sure why they have this combination constantly. Well, it's, it's, a magic, it's a magic number. To add more, uh, did you see that? No, on, on the on the article, I don't it's, see a number. It's thirty three percent. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they're trying to tell him to get lost. 
advice on debt. Europe suggests U.S. can keep and others. We can keep our debt and, and eat crap, and they're going to go on an austerity program, which everybody who is not a Keynesian thinks is going to just sink the world economy faster than imaginable, which is probably true. And then there's the Palestinian bid in New York is interesting. Uh, yeah, exactly. well, Constitution explain that. Day came and went. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a proclamation, Constitution Day. Yeah, I forgot about that. So then you go to the Sunday Times. That's Saturday. Arab hopes, U.S. worries is two top headlines. Obama tax plan would ask more of millionaires, and they talk about that Buffett rule. Then they have a huge front page story on autistic kids. And uh, and then they have the story about the racing. Uh, the, the Do- I hear Dr. Oz is getting in on that. Everyone in the audience gets an autistic kid. Yeah, that would, that's probably what's going to happen. And by the way, I want to go back to the Saturday paper just because of the front page picture. So the, I'm going to describe it. First, they have in the background some idiot in one of those trucks with the anti-aircraft gun mounted on the Shoot, back. Shooting in the sky. Shooting in the sky. And in the front, there's a guy with a hookah. Smoking? Smoking something. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome. And next to him is a big, giant blue gas can, and he's got a hookah. Of course, the whole thing could blow up unless that's water. It could be. And he's, he's, he's smoking dope or something out here. And it's like the front page picture. I mean, when you look at it, you go, what is, what's the point of this picture? It's not like a great work of art by any means. And why are they showing this guy smoking something? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm all for it, though. Smoking the hookah. So anyway, uh, I want to play a clip. Fox on the air races because the air races were covered on the front page. It's part of the nothing to see here. Thing. I want to know what the hell is the Fox guy? There's a weekend Fox guy named Greg doing the Fox News, uh, and what what is why is everyone jumping on these air races? As the they've only been going on what since the twenties? Yeah, well, let's listen. That's involved is yeah. every single pilot that well, is racing out there has a tremendous Jackie, amount of skill. What about a mechanical failure? And apparently they're looking at it in this particular case. Look, this was an extraordinary pilot, 74 years old. He'd been doing this for decades. He was quite skilled by all accounts, but. Um, you know, apparently part of his plane may have fallen off the tail section, and that led to these nine deaths and, you know, more than 50 injuries. In fact, I mean, here's an account of an eyewitness. Quote, I saw body parts and gore like you wouldn't believe. Yay! I'm talking an arm, a leg. The alive people were missing body parts. I'm not kidding you. It was gore. Unbelievable gore. Another witness said if the pilot hadn't pulled up at the last moment, it would have hit and taken out the entire bleacher uh, section, meaning hundreds could have dro- died. And this was a skilled, experienced pilot. Doesn't this suggest that maybe this is a bad idea? You know, I, I uh, thought about this, and I, I did a little bit of research. Uh, so first of all, and, and by the way, Randy Corvin was uh, was tweeting about this, and he gave his reason. Well, you know, if there was lots of video of body parts uh, of Wall Street, I would have tweeted about that. But no, you know, we've got all this video. And, and I looked at this, and first of all, there's an ageist component to it, which bothers me tremendously. Yep. Um, which is not okay, because... Uh, you when you do when you have a pilot's license, uh, you have to have a valid medical, and uh, the medical is a serious medical. And you know if you're not in in uh, in sound shape, you can't get your license. You certainly can't get insurance for uh, races and uh, aerobatics. So this That's guy, sure. um, of course, you can't really see what happened. 
there was a, a weird theory going around, which I which. By the way, did you find it peculiar that nobody had a camcorder or there was any really good clips of this crash? Mm, I mean, there's lots of video, and, I, and I, I saw tons of it, and I did see a lot of camcorder things. But you know, people are following the planes going by, and this guy basically shoots up. He tries to do a, an invert. Uh, he tries to invert, and instead of uh, you know, basically a, a very tight loop, and instead of coming out of it, he bores straight into the ground. Um, there was a, uh, a, a weird theory, which I'll mention, but I, you know, I don't even subscribe to it. And that's saying something, uh, Ron Paul uh, was, uh, in Reno the very same day to uh, address people very close by to the, uh, Reno air race, uh, at the convention center. And there were rumors that he was, uh, either was, or was pl- scheduled to attend, the uh, air race, which would have put him squarely in the grandstands where this uh, plane came down, but I'm not buying that. But that is that is something that cropped up out there. You know, add to it that the plane's uh, call sign was like XN seven nine eleven or something. <laughs> I'm I'm a crackpot, but not that much of a crackpot. Uh, you don't know. You know, the guy could have passed out on the the uh, the tight loop. All kinds of things could have happened. But uh, it's, it's what happens. It's, 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 and by the way, it's what makes racing exciting. All forms of racing. It's what makes reality shows exciting. You want to see the train wreck. What can I tell you? Um, but it was used uh, to uh, spice up your life over the weekend. Because we had video of it. Horrible body parts, gore. Blah, blah, blah. It's not news. It's you know, they were running, they were on this story to such an extreme on the weekends it made it very difficult to watch any, you know, you you'd go to CNN, there was just the story. There was Fox, there was a story. The networks was a story. HLN, there was a story. Wherever you went, it was ridiculous. They were overcovering. What was there to cover to such an extreme? And why is the Fox guys all against it? I mean, this guy was, when he was ta- discussing it with this woman, he was always grumbling into the mic. She said, well, it's not that dangerous. We've been doing this forever. Ugh. You know, he would be grumbling and saying, it's a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing it. We should be banned. I mean, what is, when did Fox become the, the, the station of wimps? Well, since I've been run by the Democrats. There's nothing, nothing new there for us. So it's just, it's, it's uh, in, completely annoying. And I feel bad. I feel bad for everybody. But, you know, don't go to the air races. If you, you know, don't walk outside. Put a helmet on. Uh, put a life vest on. Put a, you know, uh, don't slip in the bathtub. You know, it happens. I feel horrible. And uh, in aviation, we say, you know, that guy had a bad day. To say the least. It's a real day wrecker. No doubt about it. So I want to close the New York Times. I got another little topic I want to get into because it's something that I think we've been overlooking. Wait, do I have to close the Times first? Yeah. All right, shut that paper up. There we go. John's going to hum the Sunday Times. You know, I'm a little annoyed by a note I got from Eric the Shill. Oh, I was annoyed by it too. I'm not annoyed at him. (laughs) I'm annoyed at myself and probably annoyed with you too. Oh. Uh, I want to mention, you know, he talks about, this is from Eric, he talks about Executive Order 23954, which is a bogus hoax that's going around the internet. Are you annoyed and that you Googled it like I did? I did Google it, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, of course, you have to. Yeah. But, but Eric points something out that just really irked me, not targeting him, but targeting that, me. I yeah. irked about my own. 
We have not deconstructed the Rick Santorum meme that comes up on Google and has been on Google for, for I don't know, five years or more. Let's, ex- let's explain this again. If you uh, put into Google, and I will do it right now, Rick Santorum, who is a presidential Republican uh, presidential candidate, uh, the top hit is Santorum. You click on that link. And it says, Santorum, noun, the frothy mixture of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes the byproduct of anal sex. Click to continue. And so here's what's been going on. And this has been going on for, like I said, I first heard about the Santorum thing way before I before the 2008 elections when he was still. Some gays apparently got irked by something he had said and it targeted him with a Google washing campaign, which is what it was called. This term was invented by Andrew Orlowski at the register. And it was a problem a number of years ago during the era of George Bush when people type in George Bush and it come up with a, everything you need to know about donkeys as the top you know hit. Mm-hmm. At the top, uh, you know, on page one, and and it was all done by using tricky SEO methodologies that Google has pretty much eliminated or tried to. So the question remains, and I never thought about that until I got this note from Eric. Why hasn't this been corrected with the Santorum searches? This has been going on for at least five years, perhaps longer. Because I don't know when I. It's been going on forever. Google has done nothing about it. It's it's actually juvenile if you think about it. And you have you have John Stewart referring to it. Oh, isn't that so funny? And Rachel Maddow giggling. Oh, you should look him up. Look up to Rick up Santorum on Google. And you have all this has been going on. Google has to know about it. The whole thing is ludicrous and it's been going on forever. Google hasn't done anything. So what is that telling you about what the hell's going on? Now Eric suggests that Google is going to be the source of all news eventually because we demean the news and we're screwed. Well, he when he went one step further, which I really uh, appreciate. He said the the Rick Santorum Google uh, uh, setup it was a Google poisoning, and it was a test, successful, extremely successful. And so now that with this, uh, just to close out what you're saying here, now with this fake um, executive order, well, everyone should do this right now. What was the executive order again? Two three nine five four. Two three nine five four, you Google Executive Order two three nine five four, and look. Here's the hits you get. You get uh, the first one is a YouTube, of course. Joinfreedomtorch.com. New Jap. And by the way, the the so-called uh, executive orders that uh, Obama signed an executive order uh, to allow a Japanese military base to be built in Ohio. Uh, and then there's political. I mean, it's just one. It's just pages and pages of this being replicated. And what uh, Eric asserts, and I agree with him. And there's even here's a PDF link, is that this is a test to see how far-reaching something like this really is, and how many sites will pick this up automatically. And a lot of this is bots just scraping stuff, uh, and a lot of it's just idiots who need to fill up their stupid web pages to get stupid Google banner ads or whatever. Of course, Google benefits uh, on all sides. Here's impeach Obama. It's spread over to Facebook. It just It's just everywhere. So th- that we are gamed. The whole system is gamed, and you can't trust. <laughs> Gee, what a revelation. You can't trust Google, John. Darn. Huh. Huh. How does who that work? Knew? Who could have figured that one out? And this, of course, will be will be taken when you see all this. And of course, it's and it's written pretty well. The executive order, 
Uh, it looks it looks pretty official, but you know, I mean, obviously it's it's bogus, but it's copied all over the place, and I can easily see. Let's just let's just give it a shot, shall we? I'm just going to pick one of these. Uh, breaking news. Uh, so, okay, here we go. This is from I just picked one Lima Land News. In a very surprising move today, President Barack Obama signed Presidential Executive Order 23954 authorizing a Japanese military base to be built next to the Honda Manufacturing Factory in Marysville, Ohio. Obama authorized what he called a small contingent of Japanese soldiers, approximately 2,300, to be stationed at the base, complete with armored personnel, carriers, tanks, and artillery. Keep reading. And then it goes to the political coffeehouse saga. And actually, they've gotten, and this has a byline by J. Michael Warner. With a, with a picture of Obama signing something at his desk. And uh, the, here it is. The reason given by Obama for this action is uh, that with all the terrorist activity occurring within the United States, it is felt that the Japanese government should shoulder some of the responsibility for protecting their interests here in the United States. It is also my understanding that the land being made available for this Japanese military installation has been appropriated by using eminent domain laws and is being exchanged with Japan for $730 billion in Federal Reserve bonds. That's where I went. <laughs> right. Um, I called Mayor White to find out what was going on and was not able to get through to him. His secretary told me he was, quote, not available for comment. I was told off the record that several militia organizations have made threats of violence. So this guy, J. Michael Warner, <laughs> couldn't bring, up, bring it up to look at the Federal Register to see if this was real. Or even whitehouse.gov. And he reported on it and gave himself a byline. Like, How embarrassing. It's completely embarrassing, the political coffee house. Who, who, who does this about the political coffee house? Let me see who runs this site. Uh, hello, I'm J. Michael Warner. I'm a former soldier with 10 years in the Army, a veteran of Desert Storm. I currently work as a handyman doing lawn work. It's a nice looking site, by the way. Carpentry and electrical work. Uh, so uh, yeah, you're being duped. So the uh, here here you go. Well, here's 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 if you go to the political coffee house saga and you look at his other posts, they're all bullshit. Yeah. So this this whole article that maybe embarrassed himself really didn't. It was it was it was obviously meant to be a put on because look at this. Ron Paul's Constitution Day money bomb. President Perry is sworn in almost two years after campaigning. The former governor of Texas was sworn in as president. So the guy is a par- is a satirist whose news store apparently was picked up by a bunch of boneheads and ended up going all over the place. Well, this if and you- here's his, here's his Japanese military thing. It's right after uh, labor leaders applaud Obama for Japan's Ohio military base. He writes that story, and he's yeah. So this whole thing is, uh, but it's you know it. I don't know. It's he's, he's trying to be a one man onion, and it's kind of like creating the situation. From the Jersey Shore? Sorry, that was a reference you didn't get, did you? No. I don't watch the Jersey Shore. Let me just do a who is on this on this uh, website for a second. Let's just uh, find out if it's registered to some place in Virginia. That would usually be the case, wouldn't it? Let's see. Who is... Yeah, this thing could be some experiment. Politicalcoffeehouse.com. Uh, he's in Ohio, Mike Warner, Crattersville, Ohio. Hmm. No. So dead end there. Yeah, whatever. 
But yeah, so uh, it's very easy to... Uh, there was another story I read somewhere about uh, Google removing some PR piece that violated their terms and conditions of news. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't uh, grab the story. See Google removes news story. <clears throat> Let me see maybe we can find it. Here it is. Uh, Google News removes website financed by Water District. This is from the Los Angeles Times. Officials, officials at Google News, they have officials there, on Tuesday removed a website from its search index that had contracted with the local Water District to produce promotional pieces, quote, written in the image of real news. (laughs) Isn't that what real news is? Totally. Yeah. The move came in response to a Times story on an unusual agreement. So here's the the Los Angeles Times uh, colluding with uh, Google. An unusual agreement between the Central Basin Municipal Water District and a consultant affiliated with the news website, News Hawks Review. Under the deal, the Water District, a public agency based in southeast L.A. County, paid nearly $200,000 to a consultant to publish positive stories that appeared as articles on Google News. A Google spokesman, so this is uh, lower than the official, I guess, said in a statement to the Times that NewsHawk reviews had violated its guidelines and would no longer appear in Google News searches. Wow, that's harsh. There, there's uh, Google uh, censoring. The spokesman did not yeah, elaborate. Yeah, they haven't done anything about Santorum. No. And by the way, I don't like Santorum. No. But, I, but in this but, case, I but, think but, he's being screwed over. But I do like me a frothy mix. Yeah, I bet you do. I'll be, I'll be, hey, 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 I loves me a little frothy mix. Yeah, exactly. So um, there you go. You're absolutely right. So the more proof that this program needs to be supported because uh, we don't usually fall for that crap. We've been duped. Yeah, but we usually catch each other. So it's never really gotten past the it's never made it out of the show. Well, that's why we do it together. Sisters, sisters. <laughs> Here's a cool one for you, Johnny Boy. Um, we've been I've been following uh, Haiti <clears throat> for quite a while, ever since the fake uh, natural earthquake, which was set off by uh, the Clinton cabal. And of course, Can you, you stop. I was just going to say something before you, because I'm looking at something. Sure. I don't see any evidence that Google has stopped using the PR Newswire, which is this out and out uh, public relations operation on its Google News. Yeah, you can pay for that, right? It's 400 bucks, and it shows up. Yeah, it shows up everywhere. Yeah. Huh. But they, it, they're they're not talking that, about no. the PR Newswire. It's the Hawk News Review or something like that. But you can so you could use PR Newswire. They hired an SEO consultant. The guy gamed it, got it in, got it into Google News, and then the LA Times said, "Hey, hey, Google, official, hey, hey official, yeah. <laughs> official, official, we're news. That guy's not news." And uh, Google said, "You're right. That's not official news. That's not real news. We shall remove him immediately, according to our spokeshole." I may do a column on the Santorum thing. It just irks me to no end. Good one. Just make sure you put the words frothy mix in the column. I will. Yeah, cool. (laughs) There's nothing like a column about frothy mix. (laughs) In Market Watch, a serious publication of real news. It'd be in PC Magazine, not Market Watch. There's no stock involved. (laughs) Well, all right. 
So people have to realize. Yeah. Let me give a little hint here. CNBC, MarketWatch, TheStreet.com, uh, Fox Business doesn't get this, and that's why they're not doing as well, and they just do political stuff. These things thrive, these, these publications and, and TV stations thrive because they consist of one thing and one thing only. And if, if you're a writer and you don't get this, you shouldn't be writing for them. Stock tips. Yeah, it's all about the stock tips. I've had people come up to me, oh, can you write us up on Market Watch or company? Blah, 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 blah. Sure, give me $200,000. And I say, yeah, that'll be the day. And I say, are you a publicly held company? And they say, no. And I say, well, I can't write it because who the heck cares? Yeah. You could have the most interesting you. product in the world, but if you're not a public company that people can trade the stock with, they're not going to read the column. This has to be stock tips. So um, we know that the Clintons are, uh, or certainly Bill Clinton, but Hillary has a hand in it as well. They've always been big fans of Haiti. And uh, President uh, Clinton, former President Clinton, is, of course, the U.N. Special Envoy. And I would like to remind you, uh, for those of you who've forgotten, remember that big concert we had? Remember everyone, was, oh, that's so horrible for all the people in Haiti. And we all sat there and watched all these douchebags on TV. Yeah, good and, luck, George Clooney. Yeah, sent, sent all your money and everything. And none of that money made it. Billions of dollars from around the world. We even had two former presidents come on television and say, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So there's still, uh, I don't know, why, uh, 200,000 people still homeless in Haiti. But, um, hey, they're building the the, the conference, uh, the convention center. Oh, and, cool. and, they, and rebuilt the Arts and Crafts Center. And, they've, uh, and they're laying down uh, asphalt on Bill Clinton Highway. And, uh, of course, we got a, a, a music guy in there after um, Wyclef Jean became a douche. And failed and grew too big for his britches. They kicked him out. And, uh, you know, shut up. Get it? You're not doing it right. And they got uh, his bandmates. Like, who else was in that band? Uh, Martelli. Sweet Mickey Martelli. Yeah, he got a cool name. Put a suit on that guy. And he became the president of Haiti in a, uh, admitted by the UN observers in a uh, very dubious election. And now lawmakers in Haiti's lower house on Friday unanimously approved the nomination of Gary Conil as the country's prime minister. Prime minister, of course, holds all the power, really. The, prime, the president is not that important. The prime minister is very important. It just turns out that this Gary Conil was an advisor to uh, Bill Clinton. Ha! Gee, how does that work? No. Coincidence? I think not! Huh. So that's very oh, nice. That's a shocker. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shocker right there. It's a shocker. <laughs> Two in the pink, one in the stink for Haiti. Thank you very much. That's great. Good job, Billy. So, uh, oh, they'll be they'll be rocking it out there uh, in the uh, uh, on the beach. And just it's going to be awesome. Um, I have a few other things that I just wanted to run through. Well, you're looking at that. Play Homer Simpson in Brazil if you want to know what it's what he sounds like in Brazil. Okay. They even translated do. Is it something else? <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I have um, another end of show Homer Simpson clip. Okay, we'll play that at the end. Hey, a very uh, interesting uh, endorsement for uh, Ron Paul. Uh, I am in, I am officially, in, I have an agenda when it comes to this. I'm endorsing Ron Paul. He just won the uh, California uh, straw poll by like 44%. 
you know, and not reported. No, no, no. We've got to show another video that we don't really see the impact of the crash from Reno. Oop, just missed it. But there you go. So he won that. Uh, Ron Paul is kicking ass. He's, he's on fire. And I think it's great as your prediction starts to come through that neither the Republicans or the Democrats really want to win this. They don't want anyone uh, in there when it all goes to hell in a handbasket. But here's Barry Manilow uh, now uh, weighing in for the good doctor. It was also reported uh, that you had uh, made a contribution in 2007 to, to Ron, Ron Paul. Paul. You, you did. I did. I like him. Do you I like, still like I him? I like what he says. I do. I like what he says. I think he's he's solid. I, I agree with just about everything he says. Love that. Barry Manilow. Good for him. I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Oh, man. Now that you mention I'm not a fan. Oh, no. I love Barry Manilow rocks, man. And that's uh-huh. that's the Jewish vote right there. John, Ron Paul needs that. He needs that. All the, the old Jewish ladies love Barry Manilow. Yeah, they do. They love him. He, oh, Barry, you can do no wrong. I like him. I've always liked his stuff. You know, he wrote so many amazing jingles. Barry Manilow. He did the... Have a coconut smile, and the, you deserve a break today at McDonald's. He's all of that's Barry Manilow. The guy's a genius. He's got the ear. He does. Um, there is. I found something rather interesting. I believe now. You know, we're kind of looking at what's going to happen for uh, the Democratic side of the 2012 race. And I, and, um, I don't think uh, Joe O'Biden is going to be on the ticket. If Obama runs, which we neither of us actually think is going to happen, we think he's going to drop out because of health concerns or be with the kids more or Michelle doesn't like it or whatever. Um, and I can, uh, I can point to the uh, Obama for America website, Obama uh, 2012. They sent out an email uh, for all the new campaign merchandise. And oh, yeah. Yeah, got, I got one of those. You, you got the email. Did you go to the no, website? I, I found the campaign merchandise site. Oh, okay. I, got some, I just linked to it somehow. So this is uh, BarackObama.com, uh, 2012. They've got the car magnet. They've got the fired up, ready to grill. By uh, the way, I would advise people to grab those car magnets because they come right off, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's better than and, the bumper sticker. And it's a collectible. Yeah, and uh, no mention of Joe Biden, not on the magnet. Oh, not in the pitch letter. It's if you remember, it was Obama O Biden two thousand eight. It actually was Obama O Biden. Uh, no campaign buttons with Biden on it. There's the uh, dog collar. Uh, the dog the dog collar is Barack's best friend dog collar. Again, no uh, two thousand twelve. That's very funny. I love the dog collar. So nothing about uh, Biden. So that's the new merch, and I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking that he's not going to be on the ticket. Well, it would be a benefit to get him off the ticket if they actually wanted to win. As a sidebar, uh, if you look at this website, uh, link in the show notes, uh, 340.nashownotes.com, the shirts and hats say, made in the USA, which is great. Uh, That's not uh, next to the magnet and everything. So why don't you get those and see if it says made in China on it? That'd be kind of funny, wouldn't it? I don't know if you can make that. That that that's magnet type that is used. You see it, pizza shops have it. It's just essentially a very thin, uh, rubbery magnet well, that we'll sticks see. to stuff. We'll see. Probably made in China. 
That's what I'm saying. It would be funny. I don't if it think was, anybody makes those that in this country. Ma- like most made in things. China. Anyway, I, I want to make a prediction for the get your red book. All right. Yeah, the red I got book. Got it. You asked me on this previous program. Um, if Obama's not going to run, then who will? And I figured it out. Okay. Gabrielle Giffords. Oh, yeah, you put, I saw, this is, yeah, nice try. Write it down, hear me now, believe me later. And so she will either be uh, running with Obama as vice president, depending on which way he'll uh, She was shot in the head. So? Oh, uh, oh, Biden had his head, the top of his head taken off two times. Well, that's a good point. And, uh, and and I will take it even a step further. I'm not so sure she was shot in the head. Ooh, now you're talking. I went back and I, and by the way, if you Google this, and I just Googled this just out of my own accord and found that I'm not the only one thinking this. Uh, there is so much wrong with the pictures and video footage of that attack. There is so much wrong with it. Uh, right down to uh, the 911 calls. This entire thing looks like it was a drill. Uh, that there are actors in play. Uh, it's very interesting to see uh, all the mistakes made with how uh, the apparent... Uh, attacked body of uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Giffords was handled. Uh, no blood spurting out of her head and all kinds of really, really, there's a lot, you can find your own websites, you know, make your own decisions. I doubt that that was, I, I don't know if she was shot in the head. I really, I'm, I'm really doubting that. Well, I'm really enjoying the fact you're finally moving this stuff to the end of the show. And uh, both she and her husband, uh, members of the Council on Foreign Relations, I'd like to point that out. And I think it's a, a really, uh, it's a perfect setup. Uh, by the way, I went, uh, I, of course, I immediately thought, oh, I should register Giffords2012.com. Uh, that has been taken. Uh, interestingly enough, registered on January 8th, 2011, the exact day of the attack. So either one, someone's sicker than I am, apparently. <clears throat> but... Uh, or- Someone who plans ahead. Yes, exactly. Well, so, we'll see when she comes to, she's going to do some public speaking because she sits on the floor of Congress now, so she's going to have to come up and say something. Well, she already has a book out. A yeah, book she, about her being shot? She has, it's, this is great. She has, this is, this is, this was the clincher for me. Okay, check this out. Uh, find her book, Gifford's book. And it's called, uh, pa, 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 title of the book. Come on, what the hell is this book name? Come on, help me out here. I'm, I'm trying to get my mouse to work. <laughs> That's my ringtone. <laughs> that apparently no one will ever want to use. There's no evidence. Uh, a story of courage, I think is what it's called. Written by... The same guy who co-wrote the book with Scully. Sully. Sully, that guy. You know, the guy that comes in and helps everyone who was offered a book deal as part of whatever they had to do? Yeah, he's a uh, ghostwriter who's a pro. Yeah. He obviously has the the propagandistic style down. He's got the inside track. So... 
That's my story on Mark uh, Kelly's the guy's name. No, isn't that her husband? Gabrielle, Mark, oh, I was just looking, I'm trying to... No, that's her, that's her husband. I got some pop-up ad I can't get rid of. I hate that. <laughs> the man who gets no, no And then spam. I got a pop-up ad, and then it also says, connect with Facebook. Oh, What's no. What's that got to do with anything? Oh, no. Gabrielle, give Mark Kelly book, Gabby. No, Mark Kelly's the writer. No, Mark Kelly's no, her husband. Retired astronaut. No, the joint memoir. Okay, you're right. The joint memoir of Gabrielle Giffords and her husband, soon-to-be-retired astronaut Mark Kelly. I forget that's his name. Sorry. The book titled Gabby, A Storage of Courage and Hope was written with the last lecture co-author, Jeffrey Zaslow. And there's the hope meme. Courage and hope. Hope. We got some hope. We need the hope for the election. Mark my words. Either VP, if, if Obama decides to stay on, which I think is still not evident. It'll be. Uh, it'll no, be. I'm sticking with that too. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, it'll be Giffords for 2012. She's perfect. American hero, shot in the head, came back to help save the world by voting yes for the. Uh, uh, what did she vote yes for? Remember that? Something. Yeah. Well, something important. Still, I'm still digging. Something important. It's perfect. Yeah, she came in at the last minute to cast her vote. Perfect. After being shot in the head. Yep. But uh, take your time, and uh, I'm not putting it in the show notes. I want you to find just find it on your own and look at all of the weird things that are going on with uh, with that attack. And uh, I don't see that he wrote the book about uh, Sully. What's the guy's name? Zaslow, Z A S L O W. He's done the last lecture. The girl from the girls from Ames, highest duty. Maybe that was the book. Here's Su- Sully's remarkable journey. Best-selling no, it's, it's Michigan author. Best-selling best se- from Schuler Books. Best-selling yeah, Michigan it, author Jeffrey Zaslow. Sure. To help pen cap- highest duty. No, it was highest duty. I was right. Sully's new co-pilot, Zaslow. Ah, come on, man. Is he going to help write the Haiku Herman's next book as well? Please. The Magic Room. By Z- Currently, Jeffrey Zaslow is writing The Magic Room, a story about the love we wish for our daughters. <sighs> new for publication next year. The New York Times bestselling journalist takes us to a small town, remarkable small town bridal shop where generations of mothers and daughters have shared precious dreams of love and life. Oh, brother. So, um, totally suck. so one of uh, Gabrielle Gifford's um, uh, people who was also shot. This is all I'll tell you. You go look for that yourself. So uh, a couple of people were shot that day. <clears throat> and one of them was uh, this woman. Her name escapes me for a moment. And they, <clears throat> they have the 911 tapes of this woman's daughter calling in saying, you know, there's been a shooting. And she's really calm. Her mom's been shot three times, apparently. Doesn't mention that. She has been a shooting. I'm here. Yeah, I'll wait for the police to come. Doesn't, isn't freaking out. It's very bizarre. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because most people get kind of panicky when they're calling 911 when their mom is shot in front of them. Yeah. 
Uh, I can look for it if you're interested. I can find it. Uh, oh, now you got me interested. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. I knew I'd get you. I, that's okay. The, the, the prediction I'm still putting down is a no way. <laughs> no, wait a minute. You're not allowed to editorialize the Red Book. I put it on here. No way. I did it once before with that when you predicted one thing and I predicted the other and I won and then you won. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that galls me the most. It happens. <laughs> Looks like you won, Dvorak. Two weeks later, look, turned uh, around. Boing, boing, what? Boing, boing, boing. I'll uh, I'll collect a couple of links. Anyway, so uh, I'd be on the lookout for that. A uh, couple of things uh, that are interesting. Uh, this one, you know, the uh, the White House insider that I've been tracking, Ulster, whatever the guy's name is, he interview Ulsterman. He uh, interviews uh, from time to time this uh, White House insider. And there's been some interesting revelations there. So now he has the Wall Street Insider. And this blew me away when I read this. Apparently, according to the Wall Street Insider, the Obama administration wants to unionize the American military. Oh, this sounds like a hoax. I, why would that be a hoax? Because it just sounds like that that the executive order bullshit. It sounds like there's some weird screwy logic to it, but it sounds like just some way to... You can't unionize the military. It's idiotic. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's a smart thing to do, but apparently, uh, according to the Wall Street Insider... Ten hot soldier! You have to talk to my steward, sir! <laughs> talk to my case officer, sir! Steward? Is that what it's called? Steward. A steward. Shop steward. Shop steward. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Hey, I only got three Cheerios. I'm on strike. I'm filing a grievance. Would you? But that would be pretty cool if all of a sudden you had like two million uh, extra union people paying dues. This has happened before. Apparently, uh, the American Servicemen's Union, founded by Andy Stapp in the 1960s, was a serious attempt to unionize the American military. There's not a large amount of uh, info online about this, but I remember it well since I was an anti-war protester on the campus of the University of Oklahoma at the time, and Stapp was a bit of a local hero among leftist groups. Well, it didn't happen. When was that? When was that written? 1960. This was done oh. as a thrust oh. to, to uh, in opposition to the war in Vietnam. Hmm. So it's not a new idea. No, I mean, but I, we know how uh, how Obama loves the unions. Yeah, well, he does. Um, anyway, to uh, to wrap this up, I have uh, Greta Van Susteren, Van Susteren uh, who I kind of like because I, I somehow I think she is kind of outside of the elitist agenda. I don't know what your feeling on her is. I I I. I yeah, I find her, uh, I haven't found anything seriously amiss uh, from her, but she's she's a, definitely a Fox girl, even though she claims to be best friends with Rosie O'Donnell, and she's admitted, according to Rosie, that she hates working there. Yeah, maybe. But it sounds like she's, I, when I watch her, it looks like she's enjoying it, so I don't know what Rosie's thinking. Well, she, um, <clears throat> she did her homework uh, when she went to interview McCain. And some interesting revelations, and I think it's just funny how McCain answers about uh, contractors in Iraq, per, uh, predominantly in Afghanistan. She's come up with the numbers which are not refuted by McCain, uh, except he, he says it's really important. Senator, recently I spoke to one of my colleagues at, who works out at the Pentagon, Jennifer Griffin. I had her try to find out how many 
contractors, civilian contractors we have in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the estimate she said, the best you could get, it's mm -hmm. rather fluid, but it's either up or down from about 250,000 people. Now, did you know this number? 250,000 contractors? I think I did know that number. That's pretty big. So while, while we're drawing down troops... Yeah, we still got... We're ushering in on the ground only. They happen to be wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, I guess working for some contracting operation where they don't get a pension. Yeah. Um, how can we afford that, number one? And what are they doing? Well, I think a lot of them are people who are working on projects, uh, <laughs> you know. It's projects. It's just projects. projects. Yeah, just working on some projects. Yeah, they're pro working on some projects. Yeah, they're projects. <laughs> Uh, are part of the rebuilding effort. Uh, oh, it's part of the re projects. Are part of the rebuilding effort. Okay, and uh, so then <laughs> I, I just clipped this next piece just because I thought it was funny to hear McCain stumble over his answer about what these people are actually doing. Citizen, and I hate to use word, but I feel a little bit had when I find out we're drawing down our troops, and I think, well, we're leaving Iraq, but we're really leaving two hundred fifty thousand people that we're actually paying for that that are ex-military, and it's because we can't, we don't have the, the men and women to do it, so we've hired these outside people, so we are leaving a force there of some kind. But uh, I would like to remind you again, the significant number of these are the actual contractors. They're out there helping the Iraqis oh. build things to restore bridges, infrastructure, those kinds well, of things. But we're paying for it, right? Yes, we are paying for a lot of it, indeed. <laughs> They're helping. They're just here to help the Iraqis. You know, we're paying to help build bridges and stuff. And it's cool. I want to remind you, this is very important, Greta. Very important. They're, they're on projects. It's okay to pay for that. Yeah, right. A-hole. Uh, he's the worst, that guy. I'm glad he didn't get elected. But, what you know, we're stuck. They haven't run anybody that's worth a crap, and they wouldn't run Ron Paul in a million years, so he can give up on that idea. And so it's gonna, we're just stuck with these, these guys. They, they, like, hate America. I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're basically spending our money building bridges in Iraq when we need, according to Obama, we need half the bridges in this country are decrepit and falling apart. How come that same exact money isn't being used in this country? Well, we're going to use how new much money do we have to just blow on everything? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we're going to use uh, that money to uh, uh, get free slaves for everybody. You hear that, Buzzkill Junior? You're hired as a free slave. Well, let's hope we can get our free slaves. We can teach them quite a bit. Yeah, they can. They can learn. All we have to do is uh, put the right application paperwork together. And before everybody hangs up, which apparently they do as soon as this theme comes on, make sure to go to Dvorak.org slash NA. And uh, we do have a clip after the show uh, ends, so you might want to stick around for a minute. Also, and here, yeah, I, I had something to say. Uh, I'm looking at right now, still left on the live stream, we have 561 people listening. If every single one of you who's listened now for two and a half hours, if you thought this was worth 10 bucks... We would never have to ask for money again. Think about that. That's it. That, that, that would do it. We had people sticking around for two and a half hours listening to the show, John. Yeah. Two and a half hours. So that would be uh, an equivalent of a quarter of minimum wage. And it would be also the equivalent of a long movie, which they'd pay 20 bucks to, to, to see. Yeah, except you could make your own popcorn. It was cheaper. 
All right, so we got the Homer Simpson clip coming up, and uh, we will be back here on Thursday, as we always are, Thursdays and Sundays, coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, in the morning. Remember, free flu shot cards. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's sunny and everybody's happy. I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Oh, yeah! Mais viva Superbook. Buck Mitchell voltou melhor do que nunca. Com cinco home runs em duas noites, ele acabou com os boatos de uma aposentadoria precoce e do uso de esteroides. Mas ouvi dizer que essa volta por cima se deve aos conselhos matrimoniais de Marge Home Simpson, vistos nessa foto de arquivo. Homer, você prolongou esse casamento de celebridades por pelo menos mais uma temporada. Depois disso, quem é que se importa, não é mesmo? Esta noite, Tabita Fix. Aviso, as dez primeiras fileiras podem ficar excitadas. Dvorak.org Slash N-A. Adios, mofo.